So did you, and uh, then we stay in perpetual <laughs> silence forever. <laughs> uh, I, I had to give you a chance sorry, if you were going to open up with something. Yeah, I feel like I do. It, this is not like a work thing. I just feel like I do a lot of the opens. I try to give, I try to bounce them off of you every now and again. Maybe I should just start saying it and be like, hey, man, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't plan things, so. No. But yeah, I was just going to ask if no, you, you uh, did anything yesterday for the fourth. Uh, yeah, I did. I watched uh, Spider Man, the uh, Far From Home movie. Nice. <laughs> uh, aside from doing a whole lot of nothing and enjoying the time off, which mm-hmm. as an old person, that's uh, <laughs> you enjoy that. I kind of want to know right off the bat if you have seen Spider-Man Far From Home yet. I have not. Oh, oh no. <laughs> that means... I can't talk about it. I could try to do a little bit of spoiler-free talk later in my week, but oh man, you got to see that movie. It's very good. Yeah, I I totally good. spaced on it being so soon. Yeah, it, it's kind of snuck up on me after uh, you know the big ones. Didn't expect mm-hmm. anything for a while. Yeah, but. As far as actual holiday, like 4th of July stuff, nah, it was usually uh, my wife's family does something, um, or some some family will do something like some kind of cookout or something, but I didn't, we didn't get any calls or anything, so, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's, it's a positive and a negative. I mean, it's a negative because, you, you know, you don't get to see family or whatever, but it's a positive because it's a day off, especially with my current work schedule. It was the first day off I've had in a bit. So, well, I think last week I had a day off. It just doesn't feel like it, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I hear you. But nah, most of the day was just playing games and biding my time, and then we went and saw the movie. Uh, we went out to eat afterward, but yeah, uh, we heard the fireworks going on outside after we left the theater, and we, we went to uh, eat and a little bit of late night shopping for whatever but eh, it's just a just a day off yeah i think i've been hearing Pretty fireworks here for about a week now yeah <laughs> it's crazy how i mean business wise i guess but it's like they start popping these stands up like two three weeks maybe even a month out mm-hmm. and i mean if, if you ever forget there's a holiday coming up like that to celebrate by popping fireworks you know something's coming but we have a lot of fireworks areas uh, or businesses to do it. Like, I mean, all the casinos down here, I, th- I think they pitch in. Somebody puts on a huge fucking fireworks show down here. I don't know who, but, you know, they got some good stuff. But, eh, I mean, I've seen them when I was a kid. I've seen them when I was a teenager. Not it's not, not, just, not trying to be a fuddy-buddy. I mean, whenever we have kids, I'm sure we'll take our kids to fireworks and zoos and you know festivals and stuff like that but eh no i don't think the uh, kinda, rabbits would appreciate kinda it kind of good <laughs> no we would leave them at home oh man well 
I say we just get right into it then. All right. I don't really have a lot of banter today that I can think of. I mean, I'm drinking lemonade tea. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, any new stuff come up this past week? You know, your eye? it's actually been pretty quiet. I mean, the big thing this past week, uh, I mean, the two big things, the 14 expansion and then Mario Maker 2. That's kind of been oh, yeah. my focus and what I've uh, seen everybody else focus on. I actually went through some news earlier and I was like, it's dry. There is nothing worth yeah. talking about. Yep. And well, I mean, that may be, as far as 14 goes, that may be good. Do you have quite a bit to discuss on Final Fantasy 14? Uh, yeah, some of the, uh, you know, we talked a bit about the uh, notes, patch notes last week mm-hmm. before the mm-hmm. game had went live. So now I've seen yeah. some of that, uh, you know, firsthand and able to tell exactly yeah. or have a rough idea at least of uh, what that means well, cool. for the game we'll save it for your week then sure um yeah man i can't i can't think of much either uh just something that that lightly passed over me and i can't believe i i I guess because i haven't been doing a good enough job paying attention to it bloodstained ritual of the night did release if not last week maybe the week before and i have not picked it up yet because it's a brand new release i want to say it's like a 30 dollar title maybe 40 I mean, if it's 60, I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> but, I mean, we've all been hearing snippets of Bloodstain mm-hmm. over the past couple years. So that game apparently is actually finally out. I just, I, I don't know why I was expecting it to have a large, like, to-do. But I that thing kind of ghost-released around me. And I, th- I just found that so crazy. I was like, whoa, this game is out now? Wow. So okay. I think... <clears throat> I think what I've seen is it came out, people jumped on it and played it, and I've heard po- nothing but positive things about it, and then it just kind of faded. Yeah. Um, Which seems to be a, a trend lately with a lot of games, man. Uh, a, a case in point, uh, let me see, I was looking at some stuff here real quick. So June 18th, 2019 is when this game was released. So yeah, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to see a quick price, but oh well, not that important. Uh, case in point was Devil May Cry 5. Uh, ever yeah. since it was announced that E3, you know, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of positive talk around it, and for good for good measure and good reason. I mean, that that's a, it's a damn good franchise, and to see the the creator there, you know, that team working on it was so so focused and they had such passion and so fucking throwing the horns up fuck yeah this game is coming and i swear even i mean i had it pre-ordered so i had it along with everybody else that had it pre-ordered or bought it day one mm-hmm. and i played it it seemed like a week or two went by and that game just fucking disappeared and that's kind of crazy man because that game has such Devil may cry five is one of those games that's like technically above me because it has so much to offer. It is a combat, it's an action combat gamer's fucking dream come true. There are so many weapons, there are so many extras, there are so many combos, so many varieties, and there is such an attention, it's like fighting, it's like fighting level 
uh, 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 difficult to master type skills put into a action combat game. I mean, technically, it is fucking awesome, but but that game just came in. It got played. It got talked about for a hot minute, like maybe a week or two, and then it just fucking disappeared in the aether. And it's like a trend lately for, I guess, shorter games like that. Like if you got a you know 10, 15, 20 hour game, even if it's great, that thing gets talked about for a while, a little bit, and then it's gone. Yeah. Now, I think, uh, go ahead. You know what else we haven't talked about? Hmm. GDQ. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, I know okay. you're not caught up on it, but. Yeah, that's that's part of my week, but I mean it's not it's it literally isn't much at all because I've 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 watched so far maybe about 10, maybe 15 top uh runs and I'm slowly in the process of watching those. So I'm like I'm behind the curve when it comes to GDQ. Uh fun fact that you bring that up though, I discovered that there was a remastered, well, I, don't, I think that game's been around for a while, actually. Blaster Master Zero is a game. I think that game originally came out on Steam. Uh, sorry, not Steam. I think that was a 3DS title. I'm, I'm, I'm frantically typing stuff in <laughs> as I as I uh, go through this. But let's see. This game originally came out for... Okay, yes. Nintendo 3DS and the Nintendo Switch. And now uh, Windows. Uh, I found my copy on Steam. So the original came the original game came out in uh 2017 uh worldwide March uh 9th 2017 that's a couple years old <clears throat> excuse me apparently uh it got released on Steam and I had no idea so I was watching GDQ and they were doing they were running Blaster Master and somewhere in the run they were like yeah by the way the 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 uh, remaster Blaster Master 0 was released on Steam so if you haven't picked it up go pick it up and I was like I think I I think I downloaded I think I bought and downloaded like the digital copy of that game for the 3DS I didn't go verify it was either the 3DS or the Switch I have it on one of those two and I went to Steam, and there it was, just fucking ten dollars, just sitting there. <laughs> wow. Well, shit. Oh, thank you, GDQ. Mm-hmm. One small thing that I picked up from GDQ. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you are right. And I mean, but I feel like it's it's such a weird, not a weird thing, but it's such a backpedaling thing when we talk about GDQ now because. I feel like we want to push GDQ forward and we do, you know, we talk positively about it. We try to push it to people that don't know about it. I do it, man. I do it even when, even in my, uh, in the real, at my job, I've talked to people be like, have you heard of GDQ? And I just get that blank stare and like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. And stuff they don't care about. Oh, you know, it's all for charity. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. But you and I have seen several years of GDQ now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we've said this multiple times, but I mean, Part of the reason why we haven't talked a lot about GDQ this year, besides me still catching up to it, is that once you've seen it, I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's not a whole lot they can do. Now, as well, a whole lot that they can do new that we haven't seen already. I'm saying that now as somebody who's only watched 10 to 15 runs, maybe there's some more stuff they add 
that they added this year I haven't got to yet. Even if it's one run that they change or add something to or make this new gimmick thing. That is enough for me to have something to talk about. Yeah, I was actually actually just looking back to try to see what day we recorded. Because we kind of recorded while GDQ was going on. Because I remember we did talk a little bit about it. Um, A teeny bit, yeah. But yeah, I didn't watch a whole lot after that either. I'm trying to think, had the relay happened? I think it did, right? Yeah, because I was talking about the incentives, yeah. I think. I think yeah. it had, I think it had happened that day. Yeah. I think I was at work and I was like, Yeah, oh I yeah, that's right. right now. Oh, I'm at work. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. Um but, but yeah, that the Mario block is still the highlight of GDQ for me. I didn't even watch like oh, the last yeah. half a day or so. I didn't I didn't even bother pulling it up, especially once I well, think they closed out with Final Fantasy VI or something like that. One of the Final Fantasies yeah, was really I'm long. I was like, all right, I'm done with GDQ then. So the last capping that I see, and it was weird how the, the videos ran weird to me because I don't know if maybe I just haven't seen this done before, but like the video list, the playlist for it has... Uh, SGDQ 219 finale video, but it has like two more videos after that. So I don't know if they met some huh. incentive or maybe the the finale just got downloaded and released, you know, early and then yeah. they downloaded more or released later, which that actually makes sense because it seems like the last two games in the run is uh, Link to the Past plus Super Metroid combo randomizer and then Chrono Trigger. So, oh, I think, yeah, I think Chrono Trigger was last, not a Final Fantasy. It was an RPG, is what I remember. But I remember watching that combo yeah. a little bit, and that's that's when I tuned yeah. out. I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Um, and then I moved on. Yeah, there's it's like Pokemon, and then Ocarina of Time, and then the randomizer, and then I think Chrono Trigger was the cap of the year. I was surprised I Ocarina was so short. I watched part of it, but the well, expect the time i was like that seems short even for that game i guess it was uh, a lot of glitches in that one yeah and that i mean hey this is good to talk about gdq period even if i mean maybe maybe somebody didn't this is somebody's first episode for all i know but we've discussed this part this you know what we consider gdq and that's when i see a run like that it's you know ocarina of time ran in 19 minutes i I don't care for those as much. I think the glitches are cool. And mm-hmm. if you have a good enough commentator that adds enough flavor to it when they're explaining the glitch, yeah, they can be interesting. But GDQ or not, my ideal, my preferred viewing for somebody speedrunning a game is pretty much glitchless. Even sometimes even like exploitless. Yeah. Like if you... Like take take Mega Man, for example. You run you speed run Mega Man three. I want to see you go from boss to boss to boss, whether you use the the weapons or not. I I want to I want to know which is the fastest way to beat it. So, if two out of three bosses or two out of eight bosses, it's faster to use a Mega Buster. Then go ahead. That I don't care about. But I want to see you do all eight bosses, and I want to see you run through the Wily castles. I want to see you defeat the big bosses and then, you know, all the way. I like that. If there's some glitch where when you press this stupid button sequence at the beginning, it takes you all the way to the last fight and you beat the game in like two, three minutes. That's 
no, that's not really what I want to watch. That's not entertaining to me. I get it. I get that it's cool and interesting. I mean, the same premise goes back to uh, this. This is something else that made it into my like personal life, like my work life. If you remember uh, a couple years ago, I if I recall, it was a couple years ago. There was a big thing to do on Facebook about, and probably other social medias as well. It wasn't just a Facebook, but that's where I saw it. It was like, hey, somebody beat Super Mario World in some stupid time, mm-hmm. like, like, like th- four or five minutes or something. And people, a couple people, asked me about that, and he, I had to be that guy to be like. Well, it's not really beating the game per se. You see, there's a weird bunch of tricks they do. Like it's it's the way that the inner coding of the game works, and I mean they're just fucking cross-eyed at this point. They don't want to <laughs> hear about grabbing a turtle shell, and if you grab it in point five seconds, it makes the code do this and it changes. Mm-hmm. It. Like they don't want to hear about all that shit. They want to hear like, "Wow, are you kidding me?" Because I remember I had Super Mario World. How does somebody beat this game like under five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it was? Yeah. And it's not, oh, man, they were so fucking skilled. They went through every level front to start. They did 100% of the game, didn't take any damage. They executed every jump, everything flawlessly, and they beat the game in this time. It's like, no, it was a bunch of weird inner game code, microchip code manipulation bullshit. Yeah, the the Super Mario World 96X run is only an hour and a half, and I actually tuned in for part of it. And the part of it I tuned in, they were glitching through a level to where they were going through like the wall underneath. And I was like, okay, that's not as interesting. (laughs) I'm sure there's still good things to see. It's probably interesting in other parts. And it was a race too, which would have added a little bit more to it. But I was like, eh, I'll just, I already saw the, you know, Kaizo relay thing. So I'm good. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it. It's all about the amount of flavor, too. It's about how much it is. I've I've seen ones where, you know, if, if like Super Mario World, it said they have ninety six levels. They only glitched like four of the ninety six mm-hmm. levels. Okay, I could probably deal with that. But when it's like it's level one through nine on this classic NES game, we go to level, we beat level one. It's within like twenty seconds. We get to level two. We do this glitch. We're now at level eight. I'm like, all yeah. oh, that gameplay missed you know so but those aren't all over the place they're thankfully they're spread out enough and i mean hey i'm saying what i prefer i'm saying what i like to see i'm saying what entertains me there is no doubt that those glitch things have incentives too you know people donate money and want to see them do this crazy shit and yeah it's 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 fine but I, I like to watch somebody that just just fucking stomps a game. I love seeing people that just, you know, they're using, they're going through a side-scrolling platforming game. Like, they're going through Sonic, taking absolutely no damage, hitting all these, like, almost pixel-perfect platform jumps and getting all these timings correct and, you know. But see... That leads to a further question of what you find entertaining because, or or maybe what, what you would consider skill. Yeah. If you, I mean, and Chris, you have a perfect prime for this because you've recently done this. If you go through the first level of a game mm-hmm. and you play the first level of, of a game for, say, three months straight, 
and you master every single jump, every single trick, every, you know when to pick up what power up, when to jump on what enemy, when to throw the hammer at what enemy, yada, yada, yada. Is it really skill or is it memorization? Because look at a game, look mm-hmm. at look at a relay race. Those are okay, they're all ran by speedrunners, but somebody went and made this level, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. that they've never been in before. So they're I'm gonna i I'm gonna loosely say they're blind to it because there's another caveat to even that statement. Yes. A person made it, but typically it's not just a person. It is also a speedrunner. So you hand that level to me, and I'm not. I'm gonna do go four steps and and not be able to make any progress. And I'm gonna look at you crazy, like I what the fuck am I even supposed to do? Yeah. And they take the controller, and go. Oh, let me let me show you. It's the it's the trick flip uh, shell back step jump. You you know you got to do that. <laughs> that leads into a quad flip one two. Then you got to do the reverse uh, Mario Ollie. That takes you to the uh, Goomba flap jump, and it's like oh okay, so it's it's blind, but it's blind. It would be completely blind if you had it to somebody that does not speed run Mario. So here's, but if a Mario, so yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing. I'm talking about the relay specifically, there are things in the relay. That were never done before. So this was really blind. That's one of the reasons it was so good. um, Is because they... There were some mechanics that have been used in ROM hacks. So there is some, you know, familiarity. And then there were mechanics that this is their debut. Someone... they And they had... They had, like, a couple dozen people working on these levels. I want to say there were seven. Seven levels or something like that. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. And but even though there were only seven levels and each level had a primary person that made it, there were, you know, a couple dozen other people working behind the scenes on the code to make these things work and all the uh, working on the music, etc. So, yeah, and there is a certain, you know, familiarity to it. OK, well, we need to do a shell jump. All right. Everybody there knows how to shell jump. Um, so. In a situation like this specifically, it was nice to see uh, it really come down to execution and being able to figure out the new mechanics and stuff like that, uh, what to do in the level. Because mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of problem solving you have to do uh, to figure it out, you know, just like playing a, a puzzle game almost. Where it's like, all right, how do I solve this? Uh and that can sometimes be just as important as being able to execute it, you know, because you have to be able to figure right. out and determine, right. all right, this is the route I should take. Um, but yeah, and in general, memorization, sure, that's part of it. Um, but it's worthless if you don't have the skill to execute. There is a skill yeah. to it. Um yeah, I. It's. Yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. There is a lot of skill to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
all in all, I still love GDQ, man. I'm still a fan of it. I still mm-hmm. get excited when I see it announced. I still look forward to the schedule. I've tried to get, I've gotten better over the past couple instances of not completely pouring over it. I like to be surprised a little bit, but I mean, the schedule's there. Not a not a whole lot of surprise unless you just completely don't look at it. And it's also nice to see in general GDQ as a whole. It's nice to see how it has progressed over the years. I think was it was it AD, a, AGDQ this year that did the whole like little promo video ahead of time or at the beginning and it showed like, look man, this shit started with like 20, 30 people in a basement. I it showed that. progress over yeah and it's 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 nice man it's it's also another little hidden thing that i look for whether it's no matter what gdq it is adgq or sgdq i like to see you know what what things are they trying this time mm-hmm. a lot of them are super cheesy a lot of them are super corny and, and super nerdy i i get that but that's yeah. that, that's our people that's doing that so i it's fine the people that do this weird, out there, crazy, cringe shit. I mean, it, as you got seven days, twenty four seven. Somebody's gonna do something stupid. Mm-hmm. But I, I try to look for and listen for, like, okay, how are they setting their cameras up this time, or what quality cameras are they using, or does the audio seem different? Do they? Does it seem like they've they've done something new to the format? And for the most part. This year, SGDQ, from what I've seen, is pretty much standard the same. Yeah. And that's fine, man. It's it's a charity thing. This thing does not have to be grandstanded. The more money that gets put into making this some, you know, game awards level of, of production, that's mm-hmm. kind of sort of starting to defeat a little bit of the purpose because now you got money going to production and not yeah. to the charity. That's always a... Uh a balance that has to be struck and something like that. Yeah. I will say that uh, during the... Uh, it was the Grand Pearl 2 run, actually. They had a technical issue where the game was freezing. Oh, no. Um, and it was a known good cartridge. And, you know, uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch Flower Power, who was running the game, he tried a couple different things, you know, making sure that he wasn't just, you know, replicating the exact same scenario. It wasn't a set of frames that were causing the issue. And after a couple of tries, he was like, all right, do we, can we switch out the SNES? And just like that, someone walked over, unplugged the cables from the back, set another one down, plugged them in, switched over the cart, turned it on, and then went back to the game. Wow. It was like nice. a 30-second interruption uh, to the run. And it was that kind of support, you know, there they've improved drastically over the years and it's sometimes not what you see on screen or even, you know, from a visual perspective is how they're running it that they've improved. And you see these, uh, the care that goes into making sure things run smoothly. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely love to see a documentary done about the behind the scenes of GDQ. There's probably probably some out there already. I just never looked for them, but that has, that has always fascinated me. I don't know what part it was, but I looked over and they were actually showing behind the scenes stuff in between some runs. Oh, so they nice. were like, yeah, these are the monitors. You could see like 18 different scenes set up for them to switch between <laughs> for whatever they were doing and, you know, the computers and stuff to where they were playing uh, the PC games and stuff were all in the same screen scene. It was like 
you know, a table over was where they were actually playing. So it's not like all the tech is hidden in a room, you know, off to the side. It was literally, you don't see it on screen, but it's right next to what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much care and work that goes into all that stuff. You got to think, man, there's multiple consoles, mm-hmm. multiple generations of video games, multiple inputs that have to be taken into account. Plus the, the, the live streaming, the live recording, all the audio issues, all that stuff. Yeah. There is, mm-hmm. there is genuinely a solid team of people there making that shit happen. And man, mad props go to them. And, oh man, when you are watching a run and you see somebody have a technical issue, you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, over majority of the time, a large majority of the time, it's just, all right, well, we had a little snafu. Let's go ahead and reset the run. Uh, I, I don't have a list on hand of all the times it's happened where it's been like, you know, more than half an hour or more than an hour. But I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if many have been that long in. I, I do remember. Was it? It wasn't an AG, AGDQ this year of the guy that was running that PC game and it fucked up at the end almost. And he was like, "Yeah, well, this, the run's over now. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I've made this completely unsolvable state. I, I cannot go forward. Runs over. I was, oh man, I felt for that dude. Yeah, he overrode his state. Felt so bad. Oh, it was not a, oh, you fucked up. It was like, oh, wow. You went that far and something just fucked up. Yeah. Uh, there was a relay race, wasn't it? If it wasn't a relay race, it was just a, a race period. The Mario, the Super Mario, <laughs> like Super Relay, Super Race or so, whatever. So, Mario Brothers 3. This was last year's GDQ, I believe. Uh, SGDQ, I should say. Mm-hmm. Where Mitch Flowerpower, I was just talking about, and Grand Pooh Bear were racing. At one point, uh, Grand Pooh Bear, he stomped, he died, so he kind of stomped the ground, and that locked up Mitch's uh, console. (sighs) So so they let him catch up, and then later on, near the end, this is in the last like 10 minutes of the run, something else happened, don't know if this one was poo again or not, but um, it seemed like wherever they had the consoles were not sturdy. They were, I think they were actually on the ground or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. it happened again. So Mitch ended up doing <sighs> one of those glitches to get to the basically last world or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Obviously, I think who finished first because, you know, he didn't have to deal with that. But they... That's one of the reasons they redid, uh, or they were hoping to do the race again this year, and it was an incentive. Um, and there mm-hmm. were a couple other guys in there that I don't even know because I don't follow the Mario Brothers 3 scene. Um, yeah. But really what it came down to was getting that rematch between Mitch and Pooh to uh, kind of settle last year. <laughs> yeah. And that happened this year at, at this uh, SGDQ, right? Yeah, the four-person uh, race. That was an incentive. Uh, yep. All four. I'm stars. working my way. I'm working my way. Yep. And and again, it, it's the devastation of that. 
You know, it's you could see the look on his face the first time it happened. He was like, oh, fuck, no. What did I do? Oh, no. And everybody around him was like, hey, man, it's okay. It's okay, man. We'll fucking get you through this. We'll get you back where we were. Everything's okay. And he was like, I'm so fucking sorry. And they're like, no, man, it's okay. And then they fucking went on and this shit happened again. And he was even more like, I did not think he could look more devastated, but he looked more devastated. <laughs> but everybody around him was like, man, shit happens. It's, it's okay. Yeah. And, he, and yeah. you have to, yeah. He has not lived <laughs> yeah. it down either. All no. the, throughout the entire race, all the commentary about it. He was part of the uh, blind Mario World Kaizo hack race. And even there, they were like, watch out, other team. You know, don't let them near your console type stuff. <laughs> it was, man. But he, he takes it like a champ. He's, he owns it, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the charity still went on. I mean, they still made money. And I think I, I have, I would feel that the audience would probably donate a little bit more just to be like you know hey it's <laughs> it's okay they made they made a fair good amount of money and they typically always do with these races and even those even though i've seen a few of them it's still another thing that i look forward to watching is the the spectacle type of runs you know playing a game one-handed mm. having a game played with one controller but two people controlling that's that one controller all that stuff man uh i think it was last year it might have even been uh AGD, agdq this year where it was hey i'm gonna take a fellow speedrunner through this game that they've never played and i'm basically going to teach them how to speedrun this game that was fucking interesting now, again, that's going to be f f considerably easier for a speedrunner because when they start telling them things that, that they're already familiar with, like, yeah, you're going to just think of like a skip jump right here. Oh, oh okay. You know, it, it's still fun. Yeah. But yeah, but it is still it is still fun to see that because they're like, I've never played this. And they're like, well, here you go. Here's how to here's how to become a fucking master at this game. I like that. Yeah. Any blindfolded uh, run. That oh, just blows man. my mind. And again, I, I I don't know. This is as if I needed more shit to watch, Chris. Uh, you saw you saw my fucking message on Discord of how much mm -hmm. shit I have to watch. But as if I needed more, we've also brought this up as well in the past. That GDQ is not alone, and we're we're not trying to pretend. I will not make it out to be that oh gdq is the first the only there's nothing else out there there are so many communities of speed running events out there it's almost like other countries have their own yeah i think a there's Europe a equivalent of gdq uh yes yep esa european speedrunners something i think something yeah, yeah. There was there was the one that was almost dedicated to nothing but RPGs. Mm -hmm. I forget which one that was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is. I, I I will tell you that I have not gotten so granular that I will watch like a Twitch person working their way through a game, and I'm not I'm not I'm not downing that at all. If that's what you like, watch what you like. I'm just saying I have a lot of shit to watch, but that level I don't get down into but when i found these events where all this shit's going on oh man i 
I have to add it to another fucking list of shit that I, that I want to watch. RPG and Limit Break is the one that's dedicated there to RPGs. There we go. So if there's some other speedrunning event that happened in fucking 2003 and that was the first time a you know blindfold run was done, I don't care who did it first. This just happens to be something that I... This is like mainstream speedrunning venue mm-hmm. watching for me. And, and the, this is where I see all this stuff happen. And the European one is European Speedrunner Assembly. Nice. So if you're into so, speedrunning, uh, go check out both of those. I don't follow them yeah. as closely, um, but I do poke in from time to time and see what's going on with them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have... <laughs> you said we hadn't talked about GDQ, and here we are. <laughs> uh, so much can make or break a GDQ run for me, as far as watching and entertainment goes. If I am interested in the game enough, if it's like a mainstay game that I know and I love and I play, I'll watch it regardless. If the commentary is meh, I'll still watch it. If I've never heard of the game before, and this has happened a couple times it uh, last year, if I've never heard of the game before, I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. That commentator starts drawing me in within the first two or three minutes, I'm sold. I'll watch it all the way. Yeah. If you're a fairly unheard of, unknown, the game looks kind of boring, it's not in my interest, not in my wheelhouse game, and your commentary is meh, skip yeah um it's not a big deal because there are there's a shit ton of runs to watch but yeah yeah uh cluster truck that was one that fit into the first it was like okay i know what this game is but they had a good commentary so i was like okay and i stuck around to almost the very end uh, yeah and there are runs uh i did no homework on this so i'm completely unprepared <laughs> but there are some runs where Okay, think of think of everything involved in what's going on. I mean, even even at the GDQ level, you are in a live venue surrounded by. If it's three o'clock in the morning, you may be surrounded by four people. <laughs> or if it's fucking Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon, you may have three hundred people behind you. You're in a live venue with all these people watching you and saying these weird random things and orb and fucking killed animals <laughs> or whatever the fuck they're saying. You got that going on. You have the mental knowledge that your shit's being streamed live on multiple applications. So potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions, probably millions are watching you. All this stuff going on. You are mentally trying to keep a quote unquote uh uh shit what's the what, what's the pace not world record pace but like uh damn it what is it the a chair a, a chair charity run like charity pace a, a, a safe safe strats and stuff like that no, um, or yeah go ahead i was just gonna say marathon friendly Marathon, marathon. Yes, yeah. Got to keep a marathon safe or charity safe or whatever. Or you may be thinking, man, I've I'm fucking practice rounds today. We're solid. I've got this shit. I'm greased up. I'm going. And you're or and you're trying to go for a world record pace or even a PB, a personal best pace. So that 
I see all that, the amount of pressure that's there, the amount of, and I mean, I say pressure because, man, these people have been playing these games for several years and have probably be, most of them have probably been probably been streaming their their work and uh attempts and all that live they're probably so used to people it's it's that's out of their mind but i got to think that there's a good portion that that is stress that oh, yeah. is fucking so there are times, yes, when somebody's doing a jump and they'll ask for stuff like, you know, hey, keep it quiet for just a minute while I got, I got, there's an audio cue or mm-hmm. I really have to concentrate for this. And those, those are times where I'm like, man, I don't know how you're doing it. I fucking bravo. I don't know how you fucking, <laughs> but yeah, that was a, that was a sub pixel jump. And I am, let me look at my watch. Oh, 39 minutes into this run. And if I didn't make that that sub pixel perfect jump i would have added another three and a half minutes to my run the run would have been killed and it's like wow Mm -hmm. i don't know how you do that the other thing that i don't know how some of these do and it's only a handful i've found but they're there they're out there look for them audience i promise you is when you have a commentator and a couch full of goddamn hilarious people Mm -hmm. and all they're doing is laughing. They're making all these jokes and the fucking audience is laughing and people are writing in funny ass comments and donations and they are rolling and they are still performing. Mm-hmm. They're still, I don't know how the fuck they do it. Uh, I wish I had a prime example. I don't, I know there was one uh, AGDQ this year and there was definitely one last year where I was watching, like I have to, cared about what the fuck the game was i was listening to the commentary and i was fucking dying and i'm watching i'm like they're they're fucking cutting up like crazy but they're still they're still on the run Mm -hmm. they're still speed running like it's nothing those are little gems as well that i look for in these in these runs you know what else the uh, accommodators do Hmm. they uh introduce themselves and stuff Mm mm-hmm is that going over yeah. your head? Uh, let's see. Let me think. Is there a? We haven't done let's an intro. See. The, the whole, I, I was, <laughs> I was, damn it, Chris I was gonna get into it. I was trying to like trying to roll more into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael, and I'm Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. I I really want to stress this. I feel like I stress this every time we bring GDQ up, but you have to understand anytime that Chris and I, if we ever come across as sounding meh, and I'm saying that because that's as far as I will admit to sounding like, if we ever seem like meh when it comes to GDQ, it's only because we have seen multiple. You got a f- audience, you got to figure there's at least two GDQ events every year. Mm-hmm. And this shit's been going on since fucking 1973. There's 130, 150, 170 runs every GDQ times two times every year we've seen it. So as it, all I'm saying is, is once I have seen Contra run for the 26th time, if a new strategy has come out and all they did was shave off 27 seconds, I'm not really seeing a whole lot brand spanking new. 
and sometimes you get lucky. You'll see new runners, so you will see fresh perspectives. You'll hear somebody else's commentary. You'll see somebody else's strategy. And just a general, okay, last year I saw this guy run Jack and Daxter, and he did this, this, this. This guy is running it this year. He's not doing that strategy, and he is saying up and down he he can shave off like you know three seconds. Okay, now I'm seeing a whole new area. They got blown over last time. Oh, and it is faster. Mm-hmm. So there, there may be times where we have talked about GDQ and it's been like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is, it's, I've already seen it, but you audience, if you've only seen a couple or especially if you haven't seen any GDQ event, highly encourage you to go find one. It's real simple to do. Super simple. Go to YouTube, which is also a place where you can find our podcasts. Just throw that out there. <laughs> but go to YouTube, type, you know, what the current year is or even the previous year, GDQ. And when the results come up, go to the playlist and you know, go to the filters and select a playlist. Go down that playlist. Does that game interest you? Is there a game in there that you like to play? Watch that. That's as simple as it gets. That's where it started for me. I don't know what my first watch was, but that's how I even started watching any speedrunning thing. Oh, they're running Mega Man 4? Fuck yeah, I'll watch that. Oh, they're running Mega Man X? Yeah, I'll watch that. Oh, they're running Ratchet & Clank? I'll check that out. Mario 64? Sure. And on and on and on. And for me, it evolved from, let me watch these 10, 20, 30 games from GDQ. He's like, fuck it, I want to watch the whole thing. There are games that are slow in nature. There are games that have a lot to watch and a lot to unpack. And there are some mega games like the like RPGs, like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy VII, etc. That I mean, they are you know five, six, seven, eight, nine hour runs. If those if that's not your bag, don't you don't have to. Uh, I watch most of them just out of just out of pure respect. I've watched every single Final Fantasy VI run. So even if I've seen that four times, I've seen damn near the same shit. And I've played Final Fantasy VI multiple times. That's just a respect thing for me. I just like to watch him just because my fuck... The, a top RPG of the, of the entirety of video games is being played. There are times where I find games where I have no fucking idea what this looks like a Steam indie game. And like I said, I'll start watching it, and the commentary will be fucking great. The personalities will be great. The The couch will be great. Uh, in general, this GDQ is something to check out. I realize speedrunning is a, in the grand scope of the gaming world, it is a somewhat smaller mm-hmm. uh, pocket of, of, of folks. But if you want what could arguably be considered the cream of the crop when it comes to watching speed running GDQs where it's at. And at the end of the day, it's supporting charity. I mean, that's, that's, that's fine for me. Uh, Chris, personal question. Sure. You don't have to give a dollar amount either. Uh, have you ever donated to GDQ? Yeah. A couple times. Ha- have you had your comment read? No. Okay. <laughs> oh man, not I don't. I I, one, I have donated as well, and I was hoped it would, but it never hit, and it was still. I'm like, yeah, okay, it didn't get read, no big deal. Yeah, I don't. I don't bother. I don't even try. <laughs> I'll just put some comment, and then I'd be like, hey, you know, and that's it. I don't really, I don't write anything worth reading. 
Because I don't. I realize. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I realize I just flew that fucking plane into the sunset with 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 fucking gold streamers and tassels and people fucking doing disco on top, happiness and great stuff. But let me roll it back to negativity town for a hot minute because I wanted uh-huh. to ask this early and I completely forgot. Are there any runs? What are some of your least favorite runs, if you can think of any? And it could be because the runner was bad, the game was shit, the run itself was shit. It could be that the audience was being fucking ridiculous. It could be the runner and the couch was being ridiculous. Like, are there any ones you could think of at the top of your head that's been like, yeah, this, this sucks? Um, Really just commentary. Like I mentioned last week, uh, there was this one runner who was, you know, running early in the morning. So he had very few people there and he wasn't very happy <laughs> uh, in general. <laughs> yeah. And it came across with his commentary. Uh, he yeah. made a comment like, that's what you get for running, uh, you know, not very popular game at early in the morning. Something like that. I was like, yeah. all right, well, I don't want to listen to you whining. So I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, not very, not very PC thing to do, man. I, again, I'm the one asking the question. I don't really have an answer either. But again, <laughs> I didn't. I, this is off the cuff, like most things in a time cast. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do any homework. I'm unprepared. But I don't have the run. I don't even have the year. I don't. I don't have the year. I don't have which one it was, and I don't have which run it was. But there was one where. And the audience itself was the problem for me. The audience was just being mm-hmm. just too much. It may have, it may have been one of the orb ones. I feel like that may have been one, but yeah, the audience was just a bit too unsufferable. Uh, are you thinking and of the Waluigi thing? Maybe the wow. Maybe uh, that was yeah. so annoying. yeah they yeah now. Uh, I, I'm an easy breezy go have fun kind of dude man I'm all about audience participation like that and I get it I'm all for the audience stuff where you know they're saying things but even I have my limits if there is a game that you're playing and the fun thing to do is to shout orb but there's only like six times an entire game that's gonna happen cool all about that but when you fucking know there's a game where orbs are going to come on the screen like 76 times, uh, that my my patience get t- gets tested. Yeah, that that's cuz I'm listening to the I'm listening to the commentary and I'm trying to hear what they're saying and you just got 60 people in the background going orb and then you can hear the runners being like, "Uh, you guys." <laughs> yeah, that the orb one is one I don't actually have been intending to Google it because I don't understand why that's a thing because there's always some start of it, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't know why that's a thing. And it's something that the speedrunning community has just embraced. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. And 
this this is this definitely again trying to curve it back a little bit more toward the positive. This is not all the time, and mm-hmm. it may be completely different for you, audience. This may be something that just blows off you, and you don't care. I'll tell you, you know what? I I don't have much to say about it anymore because it's already done, and I'm not trying to change the subject. GDQ is fucking great, audience. Please go check it out. Go support it. Donate money if you can. It goes to charity, and that's awesome. But I. I don't know if we brought this up. I feel like we may have mentioned it and skimmed over it. But what conference, Chris, was it this year? E3 conference Mm -hmm. where the fucking audience was just every single one of them. That's which one. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I was actually about to bring that up, too, once we kind of shifted off GDQ. Because I don't think we talked about that. And that was the most annoying thing throughout the entire conference yes. and it got yes. worse uh when keanu came out someone you know yelled i love you to him and whatever they actually gave that person something a free game or something uh cyberpunk devs oh did, I think. don't encourage so, that man so yes yeah, so it just got even worse once that went out because the people were like oh well i can get free stuff and it was horrendous okay let let me get the anti fuddy duddy shit out the way right now because exactly like i said earlier i am the go fun guy i i'm all about that i could totally understand if you are a cyberpunk dude this is your fucking hot to do game and you're waiting for it and you see this fucking Keanu Reeves thing like, oh my God. And then Keanu walks out on stage and you lose your shit. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fucking asshole. I get that. I see, I, oh, yeah. who, who, who only have a, a, a passing observance understanding of Metro would see that and then see Keanu Reeves live on fucking stage. I would scream. I get that. But when you give somebody a fucking reward for that that incentivizes everybody what the fuck can i get what can i do mm-hmm. i don't agree with that what i also don't agree with uh, i i still don't have my answer though i i should i need to look it up on my own but there was a conference <laughs> there was a company that did a fucking conference i want to say bethesda maybe bethesda but uh, yeah, that was the Elder Scrolls folks. That's Bethesda. Uh, there was like a dude. It was very mm-hmm. clearly the same fucking guy. Yes. It was like, yeah! And it's like almost up to the same volume as the person who's doing the fucking speaking on the stage. Yep. And it kept on and on and on. And again... I'm not the fucking party pooper. I'm not the guy to come in and, and, and tell people not to have fun. But the more that guy kept doing that, the more I kept thinking that was not a genuine dude. I'm all in this fucking conspiracy theory of people having plants. I think that dude was a fucking plant. If he wasn't, even I, the party go fucking hell yeah, rock on, have fun guy, would love to tap that guy on the shoulder and be like, dude. You need to crank it down from like 11 down to like a seven. Like, come on, because you are you're being too much. I mean, yeah, every 
other, if not every person that was up there, was getting visually and audibly like <laughs> cringed a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, man, yeah. that bugged the absolute shit out of me. It shouldn't have, but it did. No, it absolutely should, because they are literally disrupting the conferences at that point. And it wasn't just Bethesda. That was, I want to say that was the next one, maybe after the cyberpunk thing. Um, yeah. And it just, like I said, it got worse as things went on. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely disruptive. You know, it's one thing for... And yes, there are there are obviously going to be plants, and so to speak, where there are people that are going to clap for everything, but they're not disruptive yeah. like that. This is like literally yeah, interrupting that... someone on stage trying to talk levels of annoyance. That's, yeah. yeah. Don't do that. Don't be that person. I think, I forget which one it was. It was Giant Bomb or Easy Allies. Fuck, they might have been both. At different points, they may have both brought it up, but... There was one where, like, they would say one sentence and they would fucking erupt into cackling, fucking clapping and screaming. They would say another sentence and it's fucking happened again. It's like, dude, let them get through the fucking announcement. Like, let Mm -hmm. them say some stuff, you know? And I know how that makes me sound. I I really want to stress that. I, I... I'm the antithesis of that. I fucking hate a party pooper. That's where uh, that's the phrase I was looking for earlier. That is one of my absolute fucking pet peeves as a person. When when I or and and other people are fucking laughing, cutting up, having a good time, but you come in and fucking squash it. I hate that. This didn't seem like that. This seemed more like one person being like i'm going to be as absolutely loud as i fucking can Mm -hmm. and just just shout and i can get it when there's one maybe two games that you are absolutely fucking fanatical about that you are just going crazy but when every single thing comes out and you can't let two sentences go by without you being like just fucking losing your marbles that's too much. That's just too fucking much. Mm-hmm. And I see that on super rare occasions in GDQ. I've also heard GDQ putting some band hammers down, which oh, yeah. when I didn't believe they would have to, but they that's, that's they run their show how they want to. I I get it. I get you're excited, but you know, I I feel like sometimes it's more it's more like attention seeking than excitement. Mm-hmm. Like the the runners and the couch are the prime stage. If you want to get acknowledged, fucking your donation will get read. But when you are constantly trying to talk to the people and get a reaction out of them, like dude, you're not the center of attention. Or or girl, you're not the center of attention. Let the runners fucking have their moment. And just support them. Clap, shout, scream, you know, do the do the orb when, when they when it's when it's time, whatever. But you'll hear it, Chris. I know you've heard it when somebody's doing a run and they're like they, they say something and you hear that one guy in the back be like, well, it's funny if he had the Dr. Mario hat. And it's like oh, come on, man. Come. They're not acknowledging you because they're trying to you, it, it's making it out to be like they're assholes. They're not being assholes. They're trying to focus on a fucking speed run. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that that tarnished my entire E3 this year, but that was something where I was like, man, this is this is in your face bad. Mm -hmm. This is not even this is bad. You can clearly hear it clearly. Yeah. Anyway, GDQ is good. All that stuff's good. Go check it out. Go uh, go donate. Go support it. Uh, So if so, the next one's not going to be till next year. If so, I'm not mistaken, they don't have we don't have a and I, I kind of glossed over this uh, when we we're talking about last week because last year there was actually a small GDQ segment at Twitch at TwitchCon and yeah. I'm going to TwitchCon this year <laughs> so I'm waiting for that schedule to come out to see if there's a GDQ thing on it nice because if so you know nice. where I'll be <laughs> Yep. Yep. All right, man. Uh, yep. Sorry, news. You're just, there's nothing out there for us. At least nothing I'm interested in anyway. Uh, weeks. Is it you? Is it me? I think it's me. It is you. I feel like it's me. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, not going to be a whole lot, period. Again. But so I finally went through the rest of uh, ukulele and still enjoying that. I was still enjoying that game when I played it, man. Uh, it's 3D platforming. It's collectathon, like all this stuff that I know is a tired hat. It's been done. It's been done numerous times, but I love it. It's pretty close to me as Metroidvania. I'm just a sucker for it. And as much as a love letter as this was to, you know, games like Ukulele, I'm sorry, no, uh, uh, <laughs> Banjo Kazooie, uh, yeah, did a really good job. I did not do any homework and go back and listen to the episode where I disavowed the game. I don't even know <laughs> if it's, I don't even recall if I shit on it or if I just said, eh, just, I just lost interest in it. I could see myself losing interest. I think there were control issues. I don't recall. At the end of the day, doesn't matter. I mean, it was, it will not, it has not, it was not the first, second, third, 25th, 100th game where I went back and it took a couple tries for me to get into. But once, once shit started clicking, uh, I went all the way in. I had heard some negativity toward the game when it came to quizzes, and I will tell you that that is a thing in the game. There's at least, I want to say at least three sections in the game where it's not so much the quizzes that I disagreed with. It's more like how you went into it. It was like I felt I was going into a new area, and it was like quiz time. I was like, oh, man, if it would have been geared more towards... I don't know how they would do it, but if it was like a side mission style or like an extra optional thing, that would have been great. But I felt like there were times, this was more like there were times where progression was gated by quizzes. And, you know, they weren't super hard, but it's stuff where you had to pay attention to the game to know. I think the first and last quizzes... I made through myself the second quiz after like the fourth time of failing. I said, fuck it, and looked the guy up. And it, what, okay, what really sucked on that one is that 
when I did look a guide up to ask to answer the questions, I they only asked one new question, and I already knew the answer to that. So I didn't really need it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and also uh, I found this out about halfway through the first one is that if you answer quick enough, so 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 what it is, if I'm losing the audience at all, so you're gonna you run into this new area. And instead of you, you know, figuring out what your new goal is or whatnot, you're immediately halted by one of the NPCs and they say, hey, in order to progress, I'm going to give you this quiz. There are 10 questions on this quiz. You have three chances. So if you fuck up three times, you got to start over. And it's just it's some random general ukulele game questions like, Hey, what was the boss of this world? Uh, some of them, there's one where, uh, there's one where like, they'll show you a picture and they go, Hey, where is this picture from? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, almost it's all multiple choice and all the, all the quizzes, if I'm not mistaken, were all three answers. So it's not super, super hard. Uh, but yeah, I found out about halfway through the first quiz that if you answer quickly, instead of going up one space, you'll actually go up two. So if you're really quick at answering all the questions, you'll, I don't know what the threshold time is, five seconds, three, I don't know. But you only really would theoretically only have to answer five. But that, I mean, honestly, that's a, that's about the only negative thing I could say about that. And again, I was not completely turned off from the quiz. The quiz stuff didn't make me want to fucking turn the game off and, and, and never play it again. It was more like, all right, well, let me get through this real quick. I mean, damn, I come from playing, uh, from answering quizzes in uh, Earthworm Gym. So, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Do I like it? Nah, would I want it in every game? Nah, but did it like piss me off? No. The so I'm glad the game is getting a sequel, and I'm glad I had some DLC. So uh, because I, I actually do want more of this, the <laughs> just bear with me, audience. The other negative thing about this game is when I was about halfway through the fourth world, I. Started to figure out that I only had one more world left and the game was over. And it was kind of sad. I was like, oh man, I want more. <laughs> I want so much more. So I'll be getting more. There's a sequel apparently in the works. And uh, I know what some of you audience are saying right now as well. I played this game so late in the process, I already had all the expansion stuff to it. So I've based I have all that I can get out of ukulele as with the version I have right now. Unless they release some more DLC, there's nothing more I can do. And that was interesting as well how they did it. So if I if if I could again, this is not a negative. This is something that I would like to see changed. Maybe maybe done differently somehow. Um it's good for the exploration. It's bad for for me, for somebody that likes that would like a little bit more structure, take Mario 64, for example. You want to go mm -hmm. to an area, and the, the area is clearly marked. Now, it's not with a number. It's with a picture. But you know when you go to that painting, you're going to that area. You're going to that, that, that area. And 
ukulele, same thing. I mean, it's clearly marked with a number as well. But you go into the book and you're now in the world. In Mario 64, before you get to the world, you pick what goal you want to go for. Uh, ukulele does have far more goals to go for because their goals are the pages. And I believe every area had 25 pages. So, I mean, there's lots of goals to go for. But you don't have much of a narrative to push you to, to figure out where to look. So, again, for the exploration, oh, yeah, it's just here's this open area. Go f- go find pages. Go figure out how to get pages. I would like maybe a little bit more structure. I don't want exactly finger-pointing like Mario 64, but I want a little bit more than what Ukulele gave me because there are many times where I was like, how the fuck do I only have 11 pages in this world? Where the fuck are the other 14? <laughs> you know, where are these other ones? Where wh- What am I missing? Yeah. Um, and again, it's good for the gameplay and the exploration because it makes you go all the way around the place. And then you, you but I felt like I only found like three or four more as opposed to, oh, obviously. So. Another cool thing about this, this is this again. I would, I would like this done a little, di- a little different. But it was a. I feel like if I had played this back in the day and gotten this expansion as it came out, it would have been cool. Because for me, everything was right there. So I imagine what it was like when the game originally came out. Is you go to a, you go to an area via a book, and you have I don't know eight, ten pages to get. And if you get enough, there's a spot right in front of the book that says, hey, stand here. And if you have X amount of pages, we will actually unlock an expanded version of the level. The level stays the same, but it's more like blocked off areas get opened. Or areas that didn't go anywhere now go somewhere. So... It would have been cool if I had played this game, you know, two or three weeks after release and then quote unquote beat the game. And then months later, all these expansions opened up. That would be pretty cool. But for me, it was I walked into an area and I got aside from the pages that I'd already gotten from the main world. I got two or three more. I stepped outside. I unlocked it. Now I had the entire area. It was it was more like I just just give me the entire area. What do I even need to spend the, the you know, it wasn't like a somebody correct me on this because maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know if I could see if it was OK. These 10 pages you can get in the world standard, but your power up in this world is, say, the high jump and the expanded areas can only be accessed with the high jump that I would have understood. But this was more like go in there, do a little bit, come out. Now you can unlock everything. And just I felt like pacing wise for me, it was like, uh, OK, just let me un- just give it to me all at once. But again, not a deal breaker, just something I uh, constructive feedback. I'd like to see changed somehow uh, if they felt this is the only thing that they could do for adding, you know, DLC to the title. Hey, fuck it. Leave it like it is. It's fine. Um. But yeah, man, genuinely, I was about halfway through the third world, maybe close to finishing it. And it was something like I was 
I was on the stats page. I was on the totals page or whatever and looking at all the totals of the things that I collected mm-hmm. and just started doing some math. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, man, there's not much left to go. And then I recalled, oh, yeah, it's it's four and then five. Oh, well, shit. Damn. So that's just <laughs> that's a good heartache to have, though. It's more it's that's a heartache because you're enjoying the content and you just want more. Sure. Uh. I mean, the story is wacky, silly. I mean, it's not, it's not some page turner at all. It's 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 fine for what it is, but it's typical fare for everything else. I mean, you go through levels, you collect all these collectibles, uh, you uh, you go to the game, you beat the final boss. The final boss, of course, has multiple forms, multiple stages, multiple phases. But I think. I think it only took me three tries, and that was because I was completely fucking up a mechanic that they that the boss was throwing at me at the very beginning of the of the of the fight. I was basically I was I was surviving and doing what I thought I was supposed to do, but I was doing it the very hard, very complicated way, and I accidentally. About four phases in, that same mechanic, combined with other mechanics, showed up again, and I accidentally pressed the wrong button, and this new thing happened. And I went, oh, fuck, I was supposed to be doing that the whole time? Oh, well, (laughs) let me, if I die, I know what to do now, and it was a breeze after that for me. It's not bragging, by the way, just saying the game is, I mean, it's ukulele, folks, we're not talking fucking Bloodborne here. Uh... I'm trying to think if there was a deal, if there was like a new game plus or anything. I don't, I don't believe there was. I would say percentage wise, maybe I did about 65 ish, 70% of all the stuff that needed to be done. There are more collectibles. There are more things to do. Uh, I can't even really think of a bad, I can't even really think of like a bad collect. Okay. Okay. There was, there was one side quest in the there was one pagey to collect in the snow area that it wasn't it wasn't bad it was just frustrating given the circumstance so an audience that has played this you'll know what I'm talking about there's man I guess I should have called spoiler warning but I don't know if I've really spoiled a whole I don't think lot. so I don't think I've spoiled I don't think so well I mean, if anything, spoilers for Ukulele Ice World, I guess. But if anything, listen, because maybe it'll help you prep for it mentally. But <laughs> So there's a page you have to get in this vast open area of this ice cavern. It, you have some typical fare. You know, you can slip on ice. You have low traction. So when you're running forward and you stop, you still slide, stuff like that. So the... The molecule, and for those that haven't played ukulele, the, every level has this uh, NPC character that if you collect this one item and you bring it to her, she will put she will let you use her transmogrify or transformer uh, apparatus, and it will change you into something. Think of Yoshi's Island, where you would grab a helicopter and Yoshi would form into a helicopter, or you find the uh, the mole digging thing and he would morph into that. S- same premise. 
You find this thing, you bring it to her, and she will let you change into something. The first world, you change into a flower. And you have to change, as a flower, you have to, it's the only way that you can talk to other flower NPCs in the game. Uh, if you try to talk to them as, as Yuka, they're like, ah, I don't, I don't want to talk to you, but we change them. So you, you get the idea. And this level, the ice level, you turn into a, a, a snow plow. Like, it, it's, it's crazy some of the things that Yuko and Laylee will turn into and like wow you you really made them they're lizards and a bat and you have morphed them into a dump truck essentially but hey it's cute it's fine it serves the uh, remind me to talk about the eyes but okay uh yeah so you turn into a snowplow so scattered throughout this level all over the place are five snowmen and all five snowmen are missing their hats. One has like a top hat. One has a cowboy hat, etc., etc. The the idea being, you go find all these hats and bring them back to their respective snowmen. Once you do all five, you get your pagey. So the only frustrating part about this is some of the places had hats. So and you. you the way you find the hats is you'll find like a mound of snow and you plow into it and there's the hat. Some of these mounds of snow are way up above. So you got to use, I mean, you're this big ass snow plow, whereas Yuka was this little tiny lizard. So you got to, he has some tight kind of sort of specific controls, but some of these things are suspended over water. So you're going through these, you know, platforms and, and winding left and jumping up on this thing. If you fall and you touch water, not only did you fall all the way to the bottom, so you got to climb all that shit again, but you lose your transformation. If you hit water, Yuka and Laylee are now back to Yuka and Laylee. So you have to run all the way back to that person, have them transform you again, go all the way back to that area and try it again. Yeah, I know. Get good. Yada, yada, yada. Fuck <laughs> off. That it was just it. That was the only time in this game where I was like, "Oh, this is, uh, come on, come on!" Mm-hmm. Uh, I f- found all of them. I brought them back. I, I got the pagey done. Done deal. Um, uh, some stuff that I didn't really get into, and I don't know why. This is the same way back in Donkey Kong sixty four for me was the arcade games. So every level has at least one arcade machine and if you find the hidden coin in the level you can bring that coin back to the arcade guy give him give it to him and you can play the arcade game if you beat the high score you get a pagey i did that once i i don't know why i don't know what the fuck is up with me but like playing a mini game in a game never appeals to me it's just something i don't care to do and i want to say there is a large larger arcade in the main hub world that has god i swear it had like six seven or eight arcades probably won't be doing that just because it's just not my thing but there is a lot to the game i mean there's there's hidden stuff there's the exploration there's the using your powers to figure to find out new shit uh when you see something that's clearly something in that game and then you finally figure out how to interact with it, how to use it, what to do with it. Uh, challenging jumps, challenging puzzles. Uh, it's it, it's 
for a, I mean, for an almost 40 year old dude, it was fairly easy breezy for me, but it was more like a warm blanket, easy peasy. I mean, it was, it's, it's a genre and a gameplay that I'm used to. I like, I enjoy. So yeah, I had a good time with it. I don't know if or when I'll go back and try to do everything. Uh, I don't know if I love it as much as Mario 64 where I could, but I'll tell you, as somebody that has gotten everything in Donkey Kong 64, Mario Galaxy 1, Mario Galaxy 2, Mario 64, I would not put it past me to go try to get everything. I don't know if mate... Go ahead. Did you talk about the eyes? Uh, Yes, the eyes. So I always wondered what the deal was with okay (laughs) this is you gotta remember chris and audience as well i i'm way late to the game i think this game came out in like 2017 uh this everybody has either loved or bashed everything in or around ukulele at this point and i remember I, I remember, I don't have quotes, I don't remember who I even heard it from, the multiple sources I heard it from, but I always, I, I do recall people talking about, hey, they really play on the fact of, hey, just throw a pair of googly eyes on something. <laughs> Chris, that is a fucking thing in this game, because you will see something on the ground, it will be a traffic cone, it will be a crate, it will be a box it will be a rock it will be a flower it will be i don't know chris insert a fuck a football insert a thing and you will see it on the ground and you're like okay whatever and then a fucking pair of eyes will boing 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 and click onto it and now it's an enemy <laughs> they do that all throughout the, if it's something that exists there is a roaming pair of eyes probably multiple sets of eyes in that vicinity and they will run it will bounce over to it and it may make it an enemy they love doing that and i swear i remember people having a problem with this and i don't i think it's fucking great i Mm. it's all the npcs all the enemies if it exists they throw eyes on it it becomes sentient and it it worked it worked i just thought it was hilarious because i was like are you fucking kidding me it's a rock it's just fucking boulders sitting there, and here come the eyes, and they they latch onto it, and then they turn around and give you the evil look, and you're like, oh, fucking come on, then. Uh, to the point of when you fight the traffic cone with the eyes, and you hit it, and you hit it, and you hit it, you separate the eyes from the cone, you, you, you destroy the cone and possibly get something out of it, and then the eyes are still there. The eyes can still attack you. <laughs> like, they go... All in, they go all in. It's just man, it's it's just good fun. It's all in good fun, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Had a good time. I would I recommend it? Yeah, yeah. If you like platformings, if you like three D platforming specifically, definitely give it a try. It's fun. It's charming. It it knows what it's trying to do. It knows what audience is going for, and. If Donkey Kong 64 didn't appeal to you, if Banjo-Kazooie wasn't your thing, maybe due to age, it's okay to say that. It's okay to be that way. This game is definitely upscaled. It's 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 higher resolution. It's it's a more recent game, but everything else is still there. Uh 
And I mean, hey, if you're the opposite, if you fucking love that, but you don't like the look of this new game, it looks too shiny for you. There is a tonic that you can take that changes the entire game to a 64 bit style game. And I'm telling you, it's faithful. It's really faithful. That is another thing of the game, too, Chris. Wow. I realize I have a lot to talk about <laughs> ukulele. I didn't think I honestly didn't think I would. But uh, there are tonics in the game. Uh, you buy these from a, a, a vending machine. Her name is Vendy. It's a vending machine that has lady lips and eyes. It's okay. It looks a bit odd. I'm not gonna lie. It looks. That's the only one that's been like okay. That's just eh, whatever. But the idea is the more collectible. Th- there has to be a checklist that probably I didn't even see in game. If not, there's got to be one online somewhere. But it seemed like as I gathered more collectible style items in the game she would come across the screen and say, hey, you unlocked another tonic. Come see me if you want to check it out. And yeah, it's just a list of things that you can uh, you can unlock. One would one gives you like one more health point. One is the 64-bit skin. Uh, one is when you when you uh, when you eat an item that gives you health back, it gives you more health, stuff like that. The caveat is Aside from you having to find stuff to unlock these, the caveat is you can only have one on at a given time. Uh, I actually went online to find out if this has a negative effect. If it's like, if it like, I don't know, takes away from an achievement or it gives you a shitty ending or something. I could not find anything like that. Uh I didn't use I have I used a couple I used the 64 bit one for a little bit until I was like all right I I played 64 games let me let me enjoy the the beauty of this game and I forget the other one. the thing is even if you use a tonic they're not they're not ultra game changers you know it's not double your health it's hey by the time you unlock this in the game you have like nine points of health will give you one more now you have 10 i mean whoop to do that's a small edge mm-hmm. uh so i mean use those to your discretion if you feel that maybe there's something you're getting fed up with i suppose is because i think that's how i picked mine i think there was just some some mechanic i don't know if it was breathing underwater huh I forget what it was, but I used something because I was like, let me just let me just give me some edge right here to make this a little easier. But it's not you're not turning God mode on. And as far as my research can tell, it didn't it didn't change anything. Like I didn't turn one on and then, you know, an NPC come up. Oh, you're going to you've used the bad thing. It's especially with one of them being a skin. I mean, it's 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 whatever. Uh, Yeah, all in all, ukulele, good game fun i enjoyed it had a good time uh so once i finished with that i mean this was only a a few days ago so it's kind of fresh off of that uh kind of flip-flop between uh brand new steam games that i never played before and or the backlog so the backlog is still there i've got 62 games listed that's just ones that i listed mind you so chris brings up a game that i completely forgot about that bitch gets on the log so (laughs) but 
I went through Steam a little bit, just browsing around. Uh, I did try to play at least every single game that I did buy. Because, as if you don't know, folks, when you buy a game on Steam, you have a limited time where you can turn it in, when you can refund it. And, yes, I have refunded games before. Because there have been games that either one... Okay, I'll take the bullet for the ones that I didn't read enough. There's at least two games that I have gotten a refund for. And, folks, come on, we're talking like fucking three dollars a game okay shoot me but there is at least two games that i returned because they did not offer controller support and i'm sorry if this sounds like i'm an asshole but if i have to go out and buy or fucking turn on x patter just to play your game that's it's 2019 folks come on controller support if it's a fucking controller game controller support but some of them i don't know how many off the top of my head maybe four maybe five have been flat out and no apologies here. Fuck you. I played the game and went, wow, this is shitty. <laughs> like, uh, whatever reason. And I refunded. But you only have a certain amount of time. Like, I think it says you're only allowed to have... You can't have more than two hours of gameplay. And I I want to say it's ten days after you purchase it. I believe I it's say. two weeks. But ten days may also be right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did go through all the games that I purchased on Steam. Well, a majority of the games that I purchased on <laughs> Steam, and just give them a little, a little playthrough. You know, just just to make sure if I'm interested in it, if they, if they, if they suit me. And yeah, there aren't any that I want to turn away from. So I don't really have a game that I am purely focused on yet. I don't. I did play Earth Defense Force, I think, 4.1. I'm sorry, I closed Steam. If you want to know why I closed Steam, go see previous podcasts. Uh, but, yeah, I, I played that for, I don't know, half an hour, an hour. It's Earth Defense Force. You know what the fuck you're playing when you're playing that. And I've heard good things about that defense force it's really good i think uh metal i think i saw a playthrough on metal metal jesus rocks that may have been where i picked it up or some other review channel that i've watched recently i don't fucking remember uh maybe scott the Waz. anyway i i checked that out for a little bit said okay earth defense force when i'm in the mood to play this type of game it's right here it's on steam right here access for me to play awesome good deal uh, another game that I played for a baby minute is God Eater Resurrection. And for those that don't know, do you like Monster Hunter? This is the Japanese equivalent of Monster Hunter. Now, I played Monster Hunter World uh, either early this year or, or, or last year. I forget when. I know I did. I put quite a bit of time in that. 120, 130, 140 hours. I forget. That game has got legs big time. I mean, they're constantly bringing out more content for that game. There's a new expansion coming out fairly soon, if not already out. The uh, the snow, I, I call it the snow expansion, but I'm sure it has a name. Uh, lots of content constantly getting updated. That's good for Monster Hunter World. I have that for PlayStation 4, not for Steam. I've really been on the fence of whether or not I want to buy the Steam version now and can just continue to play it on nothing but the, on my PC, but I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Seems a bit excessive. So I checked out Monst- uh, God Eater. So I forget who, I think it was a combination between 
uh, uh, Castle Super Beast and Giant um somebody in Giant Bomb uh, have talked a really good game about God Eater. Essentially, you're a person with big ass weapons and you fight gigantic monsters. Okay, you're I'm already in. I'm already sold. Let me see it. So I went as far as making my character and I played the first couple tutorial levels and just trying stuff out. And yeah, true to the word, it is basically uh, Monster Hunter, but a, a different take, a, just a different look to it. You, uh, you're still a person running around with uh, a variety of weapons to choose from and you have a... Uh, a, a pokedex of giant monsters to 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 fight and slay the a couple things that that this game like pushes on you that's like this is way different is that one you have the ability in this game to swap instantaneously between a ranged weapon and a melee weapon now even though it's been fairly recent, I have forgotten how Monster Hunter World works, but I want to say Monster Hunter World, it is also fairly easy to swap weapons or weapon styles on the fly. So, God Eater came out years ago. Monster Hunter World came out last year uh, or early this year. But I, I feel like that's just something that maybe back then that was like, wow. And today it's like, eh, it's we, we do that already. Mm-hmm. But it's in there. I mean, you have a you have two types of slashes. You have the ability to defend yourself. You have the ability to swap to a ranged weapon. The other, uh, I hate using the word gimmick because it sounds so bad. But the other gimmick that they have is that your weapon is essentially alive, and it can feast on the monster itself. It can do it while the monster is alive or when it's dead. Much the same way in Monster Hunter World or Monster Hunter Period, when the when an enemy is down, a monster's down, you can carve out what you need. This, you can do it alive or dead. And I think part of the gimmick is if a monster is alive and you, you know, because you, it's a long animation to do it. Mm-hmm. If you happen to get a, a good chomp out while it's alive, you could potentially power yourself up incredibly and or get a really rare item. So that's there. Uh, once I had gone through some of the tutorial stuff and you know messed around fighting enemies, I said, okay, this is a Monster Hunter type game. When I'm in the mood for a Monster Hunter type game, <laughs> this is here. Or I could always go back and play Monster Hunter World on the PS4. I still have that game and I still have access to the content. So if I'm in the mood for that, that's where I that's where I can go. I just don't feel I was in the mood for that because I played it for, you know, a couple hours doing all the tutorial stuff and then I moved on. Uh, before you other random before you move on, uh, how does the I guess hub or does it have a hub like Monster Hunter World does? How does the in between missions work in comparison? Yeah, it has a hub area and if it almost works I mean, basically the same. Okay. You can go to a desk and you can select the missions that you want. Uh, if I recall, there are two types of missions. There are like main story quest missions and side missions, which, again, I think Monster Hunter is just yes. like that. There is a terminal you can go to to basically, basically change your loadout. And you can select a variety of types of loadouts. You can... Uh, 
change you know ammo types to suit your to suit the battle you can change weapon types to suit the battle uh there is a, there is a good amount of customization i'll tell you that the game actually tells you and I've, a couple of reviews that i watched as well is that it's not just hey bring your big ass sword in here and and learn the monster it's also just like monster hunter hey some of these some of these enemies are have weaknesses sure you know it's you have to bring a hammer in for this beast because your piercing does shit it's armor just you're not doing anything but if you bring a hammer in you'll do more damage because you're smashing the, am- the the armor away stuff like that there are enemies that are weak to fire ice all that bullshit so uh it seems like <coughs> excuse me <coughs> seems like just like Monster Hunter, for me, how I played it is that you're gonna go, you're gonna, you're gonna have a ticket up for a new monster, and you're gonna fight that monster blind. Essentially, you're not gonna know what to do. You're gonna fight, fight, probably die a few times, and you're gonna learn what the patterns are, what what their attack patterns are like, how to attack them. You may figure out if they're weak to something and all that. You, you basically have to learn the monster before you can tackle it and move on. And that's that's fine. That's good. You know, it's that's what are we talking here? That's fucking Dark Souls. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's basically right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Uh I also want to point out that I am playing God Eater Resurrection, which, if I understand this correct, is a remake slash remaster of the original God Eater, which I also think is a PSP game originally. So I do have all three right now. Whenever I heard Castle Super Beast and or Giant Bomb talk about God Eater, they were mainly talking about God Eater Three. I think, right. God, of course, God Eater God Eater Three is the more recent game, mm-hmm. and like any series that has new additions and you know quality of life and all that stuff, uh, it is probably a mind blowing game when it comes to this type of format. I am playing the first right now, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if. I'm going to go all the way through the first one and then all the way through the second one and then get to the third because the, I mean, let's be real. I played monster hunter world. I know what this game has to offer. Uh, so it's not like I'm missing out. However, I have heard that God eater does have a fairly good story to it. So that may make me go through the linearity. Sure. But what I'm getting at is, I feel it may be safe to recommend to anybody God Eater 3, but if you're worried about God Eater 2 or 1 being too old or archaic, don't. I think those games came out in like 2014-15 era. I'm saying think when I could just look it up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, they're they're not that old. Uh, two th- got original God Eater released in Japan. Uh, two thousand ten. That's two thousand ten, folks. This is the remake, so it's it considerably upgraded. Obviously, it's not on the PSP. Uh, it, the graphics seem to hold up for what it is. It's not. I didn't see it as horrible, but I also haven't gone and seen like an official trailer for uh, 
uh, God Eater 2 and 3 yet. Those may blow my mind and make me just leave this in the dust, but just putting that out there. You don't have to turn away from this game because it's quote-unquote older. It's it's fine. So, I'm sorry, man. I totally cut you off. What were you saying? Uh, oh, yeah. So, I play Monster Hunter World, and I, I don't really have an issue with the missions or anything, but the hub, I, I don't know. I kind of Everything felt disconnected in a way, um, and I'm there's something about the uh, weapon upgrade system that I felt like maybe there weren't enough steps to it, or you know something like that. It took too long to see any sort of upgrade because of how much you had to farm each time, and so you know mm-hmm. a little bit of farming and then get some results and then farm some more. I don't know. It, it kind of turned me off of the game because I like crafting systems. I love crafting systems. That's, we talked about this last week some too. I love crafting in games mm-hmm. that let me do it. But it just, I didn't enjoy the crafting in the game. It felt uh, too tedious, which is a little ironic when talking about crafting system, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's always a... There's a formula, and mind you, uh, I mean, before the the before the Monster Hunter audience comes at me, I've played a little like ten ish hours. No, I say about fifteen twenty ish hours of the of a three DS Monster Hunter. I think that was try. I could be wrong, and I played through the entirety of the original known DLC Monster Hunter World. What I have heard people talk about. What I have gathered that people enjoy, and I do as well, from this game is that is the formula of what to do when it comes to killing bosses. Like you're going to go out with some very basic weaponry. You're going to fight a monster. You're going to kill it. You're going to harvest shit off on it. You're going to bring that back. And then somebody's going to go, hey, I can use that material and make a new weapon or new armor. And you're going to get your get the fucking numbers go up. Big numbers go big up. And you're going <laughs> to take that and go out and fight a, a more difficult monster. Rinse and repeat. That sounds so basic. It sounds so repetitive. But especially with later games like Monster Hunter World, the fact that these monsters have a variety of techniques, they have their own methodology in the world, their own life, they do things their own way, uh, they they have their own patterns, they have their own attack things, they have their own uh, quirks and, and gimmicks and stuff. It, they're all interesting. Yeah, you have some baby basic ones that are that are not that, you know, they're just tossaways, but you have a lot that are like, what, mm, how do I even approach this one? How do I get close to it? How do I attack? When is it vulnerable? When is it, when is it best to get the fuck away? When is it best to get in? All that stuff. So the meat of the game is the actual monster combat itself. But yes, there is a, there is a part to it where it's bring your shit back, get your shit upgraded. Uh, it's fun. I mean, I can't deny it. I put several over a hundred something hours into the game and I enjoy it. And I recommend it to anybody. The idea of taking down a giant monster is fun. It's definitely fun. It's less, it's less 
punishing than say a dark souls i I think you can make equal comparisons at some points there are some bosses some monsters in monster hunter world that are yeah i think much like dark souls one there is at least one monster in monster hunter world that i could not solo i tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and never could but in any event uh from what i see on in monster hunter i'm sorry in god eater resurrection it looks to be that same type of formula and if i get the urge to play something like that it's there uh the other two are there as well those are sequels they are later releases they have they've got to have better more quality of life additions more options things have Mm -hmm. changed things got added so who knows who knows but in general i saw it for a couple hours i said okay i know what this is got it and that's really that's really it for the game stuff, man. Because I just I haven't really settled on anything uh, in particular right this moment. I don't have anything that's burning in my. I don't even know what what mood I'm in. I don't know what game I'm in the mood for. Uh, I come off a few RPGs. I went to a 3D platformer. Now I don't know. I have to I have to wait and see how the backlog or the Steam library treats me. Uh. I did watch a movie, not just Spider-Man. I watched uh, Us, for those that have... I realize I'm a little late seeing that, but it just took me a while. Uh, Us is from the... uh, I always get his name. uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, For for those that don't know who that is, for some reason, that is the uh, director of Get Out, which fucking love that movie. Had a great time. Would highly recommend Get Out. Us, would I recommend it? I, I'd say yeah, but, and I've, I've heard many people make this statement, and I will agree, if you watch Get Out and then you watch Us, do not expect the same type of movie. Uh, for better or for worse, Get Out was telling a story. It was telling, it was kind of sort of making a statement. Sort of on the nose points here and there, but it did it through such great storytelling and cinematography and all that stuff. Us, different type of movie. Us is trying to be a little bit more creepy. It's trying to be a little bit more what the fuck is going on. Uh, It had some genuinely scary moments, definitely some creepy points. I feel like there was some metaphor stuff going on as well. Uh, I watched it and went, yeah, okay, that was a movie. Did not have the same impact on me as Get Out. Uh, I hate comparing movies like that. I realize that sometimes it's a shitty way to be, but if I could recommend a Jordan Peele movie right now, I would definitely say go check out Get Out. This is a stop the podcast and go watch Get Out. It is that good. Us, hey, go check it out after. Just remember, it's not going to be the same type of movie. Uh. And last but not least, oh man, spoiler free as best as I can. Yes, <laughs> I went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home last night. Okay. Chris, will, will you let me spoil, we'll say the first th- three minutes of the movie. If I'm telling you that the rest of the movie is better and f- so much more is going to come at you, will you let me give you this little bit of kickoff? Sure. Okay. And for the audience as well. 
shoot me if this spoils the entire movie for you, but I promise you it will not. This is how excited I was when this movie started. I was already... I was already excited to see this movie. I was already happy. Was already I've been looking forward to it. I mean, we're we're post end game for this year, and especially coming off the admittedly dis admitted disappointment that Godzilla was. I was really looking forward to this movie, especially after the trailer came around. It was like, hey, ever since Thanos, other worlds have been unlocked. I was like, okay, I can't wait to see. If anything, I want to see Tom Holland as Spider-Man more, of course. I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal because I fucking love that guy as an actor. It's going to be great. And the, I, of course, they're going to do the MCU thing where they're really going to take Mysterio and treat him well. And I also want to see how are y'all really making this new thing happen? How are, mm-hmm. are y'all really molding worlds? Are you really bringing all these new worlds in? Is this genuinely actually how you bring X-Men in or what are you doing? Uh, I won't answer the last question for spoiler reasons. Duh. Um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was fucking awesome. And of course, Tom Holland's Spider-Man was fucking great. They really play on the fact that he's a kid. They continue to do that. And it's, it's for a reason. It's for a point. He is still a high school kid. And when these gigantic world shattering events happen, you I'm sorry, folks, uh, aside from, you know, I'm sure World War II veterans will tell me I'm fucking wrong, but you can't just throw a, a high school kid at a god destroying a world. You know, they, they it just it, there's there's so much to think of there. And this movie, just like the first one, handles that appropriately. So I'm in I'm in the theater, you know, days going by. I'm anxious to see it, but it's a calm anxiousness. I'm just ready for it to happen. It was on the it was talking yesterday, day of. I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it today. Here we go. Got a little bit more excited on the drive there, just thinking about it. Got a little bit more excited when the when the lights went down and the preview started playing. And then the movie starts. And I'm like, all right. I'm just like, I'm laid back, but excited. I'm mellow excited. Here we go. <laughs> it shows Nick Fury and uh, I forget her name, Chris. The the agent that Colby Smulders plays. Uh, uh, yeah. Her, I feel about. so bad. Yeah. So they are driving a car through Mexico. And there's a giant... I mean, it looks like an aftermath. And I was like, all right, this movie's kicking off. This has got to be like right after Endgame. All right. All right. Here we go. And they get out and they start walking through these ruins and they're talking. And uh, she says, yeah, well, they said it was a giant typhoon, but the typhoon had a face. And he was like, look, they said it had a face. We're going to check it out. You know, she's like, it could be they were just... They were just mistaken. Maybe they were delusional because of the tragedy. And he's like, no, no. They said a face. We're going to look into it. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is this is not post. This is after Endgame, but this is not directly from Endgame. Something happened here. And then a fucking giant water titan forms out of nowhere and starts fucking shit up. Or a, I think it was a sand titan. I forget. A big fucking titan starts waylaying shit. Seconds later, here comes fucking Mysterio flying in, shooting out lasers and holding back this monster. And he looks back at those two. And he's, he's full costume. 
got the globe on his head with the swirly cloud inside and everything. He looks back at those two and says, you guys don't want a part of this. And then, boom, that's it. The movie starts. And I looked at I looked at my wife two or three times, and I was clapping. And I said, "All right, we're just we're just fucking in." I love that these movies do this. It's the movie starts and shit just goes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have at least in the later movies, you don't have these 20, 30, 40 minutes of oh oh I wonder what action's gonna happen. It fucking kicks off, and that. That whole scene was maybe three minutes, maybe three or four minutes. But right off the bat, you got to see some, you know, uh, some CG kind of cool monster, whatever. But Mysterio, this new person you don't know about, you haven't seen yet, flies in and starts doing shit. And then the scene cuts and they, you know, the movie goes on. And yeah, that that set me up for what the rest of the movie was going to be like. Lots of humor. All played out well. Uh, the action is appropriate. It's not excessive. I mean, there are, when Spider-Man goes at it at points, there's a lot of fucking flashy movement, but it's Spider-Man. He moves quick. He, he does shit. Uh, story is good. Story is very good. Uh, interesting what they do with uh, this whole concept they're going with. Uh, a lot of callbacks, Chris. And I'm talking callbacks to, oh, hey, fucker, do you remember Iron Man 1? Hope you do. Oh, you didn't? Well, here's what we're doing, and here's why it's a callback to Iron Man 1. There's like three or four points in this movie where it directly points back to shit that you have already seen. And when you start getting that fuzzy brain where it's like, what are they talking about? They fucking show the scene and you go, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. It happens. Uh, All around good fucking time, man. Enjoyed it. Entertaining. Was not disappointed. Uh, gave it gave it a solid four out of five. I was verging on a four point five, but <laughs> you know, win, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, uh, sorry, Endgame. This this wasn't that good, but it was very good. It was very entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it throughout the whole movie. Uh, yeah, I recommend it to anybody. Are you a fucking MCU fan? Go check it out. Are you a Spider Man fan in general? Go check it out. Have you not seen the first, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming? Go check that out and then check this out. Uh, I will say extended, expanded universe stuff aside, what I'm really interested in now, Chris, is I really wonder if they're going to actually do and actually go forward with a Sinister Six style setting, you know, because... The last Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, they tripped into that. You know, they went into showing other suits and showing that, hey, this was going to be a thing. And it didn't. It didn't pan out. And eh, that sucks, but that's fine. Because if the MCU is going to do it, oh, hell yeah. And if this movie is any indication of how they're going to handle the the Sinister Six, both as characters and as villains, both in and out of costume. Oh, fucking bring it. Give me, give me the Spider-Man video game uh, version of Scorpion (laughs) with the fucking green suit and the bulbous ended tail and Vulture with the fucking metal wings. And like, yeah, give me all that because Mm -hmm. this is MCU doing it. 
I, I, I am not going to profess to know everything there is to know about Mysterio. I had a very vague uh, understanding, but I, just the look alone. Uh, there's a lot of scenes where he's walking around without the helmet. That's fine, whatever. When he does put that shit on, that is clearly Mysterio. You know, that it's the typical MCU flair that they put on it. And it's handled handled great. I loved it. So yeah. That finally is it for my week. Okay. Alright, well mine probably won't be as long. Uh, especially after our discussion last week. Um, but before I get into 14, uh, the other game I played briefly um, because, uh, see, was there a reason? Was that when maintenance was going on? I don't know. Anyway, um, so Mario Maker 2, I did jump into some story mode to check that out. Uh, it's basically, it's not really a story <laughs> it's kind of just hey complete these levels to build you know the castle uh which and there's no as far as i can tell no real plot to anything about it. it's just like yeah we uh we the castle got destroyed so you need to go earn coins to rebuild it and that's kind of their gimmick to uh just why you're playing the levels, you know. It's not a structured, like, world. You're literally doing jobs. They call them jobs. And uh, they are rated out of four stars for difficulty. Um, I don't think I've had a four-star one yet, but even the three stars aren't super difficult. Uh, there are... I mean, the star rating almost doesn't matter, because I think one of the hardest levels I played was actually a two-star. <laughs> But there was something about it that made it uh, difficult, you know? Like, there was a part I just couldn't get. But it's, it seems relatively arbitrary. Um, and I had watched some other people play a little bit of it just to uh, just know what to expect. So I had seen several of the levels beforehand. Uh, there's one that is the upside-down mechanic is used. I skipped that one because I'm not looking forward to that mechanic. Um, I will eventually do. I think I, my total, when I stopped playing, I only played for a few hours, uh, that day, uh, was about 25% of the, mm -hmm. uh, castle rebuilt, which I'm assuming is 25% of the levels played. Cause you know, they, uh, you get coins at a set, uh, set amount for completing these levels and you get whatever you get in the level carries over and you earn those as well. But, you know, they account for that, so I'm sure there's a set pace, and it matches one for one almost. To, you finish all the levels, you rebuild the castle, or whatever other things you can do beyond the castle. Um, it It's very odd to play after playing uh, ROM hacks and playing Super Mario World. Uh, I didn't really play the first Mario Maker very much. I bought it mainly for the kids, and I never really messed with it, because they barely messed with it. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, but uh, going from Mario World to Mario Maker, the the physics of the game, even when you're playing like a Mario World-themed level, the physics are different. 
because all the physics in Mario Maker are the same. So whereas yeah. the original games varied, you know, from game to game, uh, and mechanically they match, you know, original what they originally were like for the most part. I think uh, there are uh, control differences. You know, jumps feel different than they would in the actual game. Uh, so getting used to the controls is rough uh, at first, but I'm sure I'll get more used to it. Uh, I am thinking about buying a different controller because I have the Pro Controller, but the D-pad on the Pro Controller is notorious for putting random up inputs, and that's not a good thing to have, um, up or down inputs, uh, especially in a, you know, tight platforming game like Mario can be at times, especially once I get into the harder levels. Um, and I'd heard about, you know, the ghost inputs on the Pro Controller and other controllers as well, and I was like, is it really, you know, that big of a deal unless you're like one of the top tier players? Oh, it absolutely is. I'm about as casual as it gets to Mario Maker, and yeah, I was like, I this controller is killing me. Literally in the game, killing me. Um because it's pressing buttons I'm not trying to press. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm looking forward to playing more of it once my uh, 14 grind die- dies down. <laughs> I do want to get to the story mode, uh, kind of get to get used to the game and get used to the Mario Maker controls and physics. Uh, and I want to get into some of the harder levels, see if I can carry over my previous kaizo training <laughs> and uh yeah play some of them because man mario maker's blown up i was checking earlier when we started it's kind of dip uh dipped down now but when we started recording earlier i pulled it up and mario maker was competing with league of legends for like fifth place game on twitch uh being watched so that was pretty cool to see uh and it fluctuates constantly depending on you know what big name is playing it uh, but yeah, I think they're right now. Wow, is there only twenty seven thousand? That's sad. It was at sixty thousand earlier. I guess when the big names either move games or something like that. But yeah, it's blown up on Twitch. There are a lot of big play, big uh, streamers playing it. Uh, a lot of very hard levels getting the spotlight for uh, difficulty. Uh, other levels can spotlight for quality that aren't as hard. Uh, there's one level I haven't really been following too much, but my understanding is it took the guy five hours to beat it to upload it, and that's after he made it. So, very difficult level, uh, and I don't know if anybody's cleared it yet. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to jump into levels like that. That's way beyond me, but there are a couple other levels I've seen played that I'd like to give a shot at because uh, they seem reasonable uh, so yeah um let's see anything else mario maker 2 um there are some neat mechanics uh with mario maker 2 that wasn't a mario maker 1 uh, the biggest one probably is the on off switches um, that's yeah. something that has been in uh Mario World, I don't know if natively, but at least in ROM hacks uh, mm-hmm. and other Mario games, but it's in Mario Maker 2, and that is a that has completely changed the dynamic of uh, Mario Maker 2 levels in general, Kaizo or not. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I saw someone in the uh, in uh, one of the Twitch chats earlier made the statement uh, having on-off switches. Uh, having them now makes me wonder how we ever got by without them. Yeah, because it's become such a core in the last week to these levels that are being built. It's like how how was this done before? You know, how did we manage to scrape by <laughs> without such a <laughs> huge game changer? And it's absolutely right. Yeah. It's, a lot of the quality levels you'll see are using on-off switches at in some capacity. Uh, it's really neat. Uh, the dry <laughs> bone shell. You know. More of this is just going to keep coming. This is what I love about, as again, being a from the side watcher of all this. Mm-hmm. Every iteration of this sequel, every new one that comes out, it's just going to add more. Not only is it going to add more Mario stuff, it's it's going to add more mechanics for you to essentially for you to fuck around with. I love that. That's great. Yeah, the. um the sorry, I was getting a drink of water and lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> on that vein, there's there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say hype, but a lot of uh, speculation and uh, tense waiting, if you will, to see if Nintendo is going to treat Mario Maker Two better than they did the first, because while mm-hmm. they did patch Mario Maker One, there weren't there wasn't really any DLC. As far as I knew, there wasn't any. Yeah. It was just patches, essentially. Um, maybe a few quality of life things, but the question is, okay, here's Mario Maker 2. It's on the Switch, not the Wii U, and it's got a bigger player base, it seems like at least on launch, than Mario Maker 1. So are they going to give this more long-term care? And... As long as they do that, yeah, Mario Maker 2 is it's going to be even better. Um, and it's already miles ahead of Mario Maker 1. But if they keep adding on, mm-hmm. keep uh, tweaking things, like we already know there's going to be an update because they have to add the, lo- the uh, local play or friend play to the multiplayer mode instead of just random people. So we already know that's mm-hmm. coming. So that's part of an update that they were already planning to do, I think. I mean, odds are. They were. So what else are we going to get with that? You know, is that going to be patched in before we get a bigger update? How is that, you know, basically the big question, what's next? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it gives a lot of hope for the game long term instead of, you know, essentially players, <laughs> the community doing things to push it further, uh, which is always going to happen anyway. But Anything Nintendo can do to help support it long term is going to be very welcome. Um, yeah. Um, the other item, just to go back to what I was saying about big changes, the uh, dry bone shell is interesting because it's, you know, the first uh, item that lets you go in lava, uh, not just like jump on something that's dying in lava which is basically mm-hmm. your the most interaction you had before. Uh, you could knock an enemy and then jump off them before they sank in the lava. But now you can actually literally surf through lava in a riding in a dry bone shell. 
So, mm. and you've become invincible for a couple seconds. So it's another interesting tool when it comes to uh, level creation. One of the story levels uh, actually has you in the shell the whole time and you have to beat the level with it. And it has rising and sinking lava. So, mm-hmm. which they put a weird color filter over it, which was completely unnecessary. That's not the point. Um, but they have you going, dodging pipes, and if you're not quick enough, you'll get crushed by the pipes and stuff. And just kind of avoiding things while surfing through and collecting coins. So, that's, you know, a very basic level using the surfing ability, but it's something you couldn't do before. You know, it, it, even though it's not water, it also kind of changes the water game, if you will. If you want to treat it like water you can't swim in. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're surfing across. It's kind of the theme of this, the level I was just describing. It felt more like surfing on water than lava. Um, but yeah, still cool. Look forward to how it uh, plays out. I know there are. I saw a level earlier where the invincibility mechanic was used to get past saws uh, that were moving on screen. Uh, mm-hmm. So you were invincible, and that was the only way you could get through. So interesting. Wow. It, it's not as big of a game changer as like the on-off blocks, but still a neat little tool. You know, all these things add up to some of them smaller than others, but they all add up to the bigger Mario Maker picture. Mm-hmm. Alright, so on to the meat of what I've been playing. Um, I want to say Tuesday. I Yeah, it was Tuesday. I finally finished the post-Stormblood uh, expansion quest. So I was able to start Shadowbringers. Um, before mm-hmm. I jump into Shadowbringers, so Stormblood, I mentioned last week that it was kind of meh overall. It mm-hmm. got so much better. And then the post-Stormblood <laughs> was good as well. It's like, okay, well, just ignore like the first half of Stormblood, I guess. And from there until the post-Stormblood ends, it's like, okay, this is this is good. This is a good story. And I, I don't know if I can any longer say, you know, that Heaven's Ward is plainly better than Stormblood. It's like, well... If we discount that first half, which Heaven's Sword had its own moments, too, of not being that great, you know, especially when we get into filler and whatnot, but Stormblood mm-hmm. was more just kind of meh overall at the beginning. Um, but yeah, Stormblood got so good. The post-Stormblood uh, quest, so good. Uh, and moving into Shadowbringers, Shadowbringers has had a little bit of too much filler at a couple points for me. But overall, mm-hmm. I'm digging the story. Um, mm, good. The One of the big taglines for the marketing of the trailer, of the expansion, uh, included in the trailer and stuff, is, you know, become a warrior of darkness or become the warrior of darkness or whatever. And when I first heard that, it was like, okay, whatever. And then as I played through the game, I was like, oh, Okay, now this makes more sense to me. And then getting into Shadowbringers, it's like, oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything um, because I don't do that. But 
I I appreciate what they've done here and how they've used that title to to apply to your character, you know. Okay. Um, because they say become a warrior of darkness and they don't they're not just, you know, saying that that's actually a part of the story. There's actually a reason that yeah. is applied to you. And it makes sense. This is a logical uh sequence of events and situations that put you here to kind of take up that moniker at times. And then there are questions beyond that, that this expansion is raising where it's like, is, is everything we know wrong? You know, are all these assumptions we've made, all these things we've learned in the last, you know, 70 levels worth of story quests are a piece of this, just flat out wrong and man yeah i'm i'm enjoying it i'm 75 i'm basically 76 i can go do one fate or like two fates and Mm -hmm. or a or a a duty or whatever and i'll level up so i can hit 76 and continue the story um man the the level requirements on the quest have been killing me i'm like all right story 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 and it's like Hey, you need a level? I'm like, but I want to know what happens next. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah. I'm And yesterday, I played all day yesterday. That's my 4th of July. And I want to say I went from 71, maybe I just hit 72 to 75, almost 76 last night. So I knocked out a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And thankfully, I did very little actual grinding this one's paced a good bit better than previous expansions when it comes to leveling you i have had i I would say yesterday i played for like 11 hours i would say maybe an hour and a half of that was leveling related um so not bad you know that's a solid probably 10 nine and a half hours of just straight up story gameplay um, and when I did hit, you know, the level requirement, I usually could just run around and find the ether currents and, you know, clean up maps and maybe do a fate here or there. So I didn't actually just, you know, have to go grind fates or have to go grind duties out to, uh, level. So it's a lot better in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I'm, I can't wait to play through and finish the story because I'm, really curious at this point with things they've revealed in the last you know levels worth of quests that okay well i thought i knew what was going on but now now i'm questioning things (laughs) (laughs) for the for the better now things are getting twisted uh yeah i mean over i mean i don't know i i don't know how what the result's gonna be so i'm assuming in a positive way but uh, i don't know well, so what I mean is right your your curiosity is like, I'm interested to see where this is going yes. and not, oh, come on. What the fuck is happening now? A yeah, big difference. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to continuing that. Uh, update mechanic stuff, because we talked a lot about patch notes last week. So I think it's fair if I go back and cover some of these that were really questionable or that we didn't know how it would impact the game. Um, 
the biggest, well, there are two big ones. First was the stat changes they did, and the other was the trust system. Um, the trust system, I hope they expand upon it, and I'm curious to, well, someone just ran by in a silver car. Lovely. Um, <laughs> I'm I, I have my game open and idle so I can you, see stuff in game. <laughs> Man, that was Boy, just you right are, in the middle of my are, screen. You are all in. I love this. Um, but yeah, so what was I saying? The trust system. Okay. The downside, and I hope they change this in the future, is that it only applies to things above level 70. Uh, okay. Basically, Shadowbringers content is all it applies to right now. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that already. I think I even mentioned it last week that I thought that was the case, and it is. Um, I hope they apply it to previous things because it's it is between that and the two new classes, the duty cues have kind of been twisting and turning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much healer is always in need, as usual. But uh, there are a lot more tanks now with the Gunbreakers, or whatever the name is. Uh, and there are a lot more DPS, which that's always been the case, a lot of DPS. But there's even more now because of the Dancers. I did a duty earlier, and it was it was one of the eight-man ones. I was Ninja. Well, I'm playing through as Ninja. Uh, and then I'll do an, I'm probably going to do Dancer after I beat the uh, story content. So I don't have to worry about the level requirements. Uh, but I was Ninja, and there were three Dancers for the other DPS. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So Dancer, the first day it was kind of like, eh. But then people got a chance to actually level it up because it starts at 60, I believe. So mm-hmm. you have to level yeah. it up to be able to do the content. I had uh, seen an instance where my wife was in, and I, I I don't recall if she was tanking or healing or what. I don't remember which which, but there were there were five dancers. <laughs> it's like, yep, that yep. brings back memories. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to playing it. I I watch the people that you know are in the parties and whatnot that I'm playing with in the duties and. It seems interesting. I'm really curious to see how it plays. And I don't know that I want to jump into a tank. Um, if anything, I'll probably jump into a healer before a tank. So, um, But yeah, so the trust system, uh, I wanted to apply to more. But I did go into the first dungeon of Shadowbringers with these trusts. Um, and it was a smidge slower. Uh, than it would have been with, you know, real people. Uh, there are a few things like the trust. From what people are saying, I didn't really pay attention to this because I don't know enough about their classes to really tell when they should or not. And I'm focused on what I'm doing anyway. But the uh, trust don't AOE. So they only focus down, you know, single targets, which... It, I mean, really, AoEs, there's always a balance between whether that's better or not than single targeting. Uh, I think in a typical dungeon, the big thing is, okay, well, you know, pull two sets of enemies and then AoE them down, and that's technically faster than pulling one and focusing, you know, 
depending on levels and whatnot, how much that matters. Um, but I, I didn't have any issues. The dungeon went fine. The AI for the NPCs is smart. So they're dodging, they're dodging the, uh, you know, AOEs and the, uh, attack areas of, you know, special attacks and whatnot. You can watch them move outside of the orange little danger zone indicator. Uh, so, uh, healing had no issue with healing. I, I never took hate. So the tank was doing its job. Uh, and even when I took damage from, you know, like, Unavoidable, unavoidable boss attacks. I got healed up immediately. So it felt really good. It was a smidge slow, but I mean, I can't complain really about uh, how it went. So that's good. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, that's an improvement on like Final Fantasy XI's trust system, which I like as well. Yeah. Um, but they're not very smart. <laughs> 14 now, has taken care of some of that. This begs a question immediately. So mm -hmm. if you have the ability now to do runs essentially solo, you see where I'm going. What's the preference going to be now? Do you, do you, is this, is this catering to people who want to solo? Is this an alternative just for, if case you can't get it to a duty? Like what is the, I, I, I wonder Without yeah. having my hand in it, I wonder mm -hmm. if this is going to be a detriment to the actual genuine party system. If everybody's going to be like, well, fuck it, I don't have to group up anymore. I just do everything on my own. So here's my thought on it. I did it. It felt okay. Uh, it felt pretty good at parts. It just a smidge slow. And the slowness is what has a lot of people kind of turned off of it. But my personal preference is, okay, well, I'm going to queue up for the duty. If it takes more than like five minutes for it to pop, I might just pop a trust to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, instead of waiting. I think the waiting is really what it's going to come down to. And uh, waiting isn't really an issue for the new content, even as a DPS. I mean, there are so many people playing right now that it doesn't take long to get a group. I think the longest I've waited was maybe six minutes and it was like a five minute estimate so pretty much everything's had a five minute estimate which i i'm questioning if that's the how is it does it go lower than five minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it does i think i've had one show up as three minutes or something but five minutes is typically almost as low as you see it go so i'll wait five minutes uh if anything just to get that little bit of uh uh, knowledge from the other players on you know mechanics and stuff thankfully mm -hmm. the dungeon i did was basically a you know typical tank and fight you know there weren't any crazy mechanics to it that you had to know about ahead of time so i would say that was very trust friendly and i don't think any of the other uh dungeons have really been an issue because the trust only apply to dungeons as well they don't apply to trials which are typically the more difficult fights. Um, so dungeons, you can kind of take it or leave it, I think. But trials will still have, you know, real people to play with uh, for those harder fights. Um, 
with the with the slowness I did feel like the DPS output was significantly lower but it also could have been in part to AoEs not being done so I don't know I only did it once just to research just to be able to talk about it today mm. but there are more questions I'd probably have to experiment with it a couple times and see how it ends up being because you can also change out um who goes with you depending on what uh, dungeon it is. So like I have three dungeons unlocked and I have a couple characters that apply to all of them. Actually, the third one is a completely different set of characters. Anyway, <laughs> the first mm -hmm. two have so, uh, similar characters. Um, but they also, like the first one, you have a generic tank. He doesn't really have a class. But the mm -hmm. second one's a gunbreaker, and he's the same one as the third one. And you don't have another option for a tank. But yeah, uh, typically, your tank and healer are, are there, are determined, and then the DPS is what you can change out. Um, one of them has two healers as well, so you have a choice. You can switch out your DPS or your healer. I didn't do those, so I wasn't aware of that yet, but... Um, so maybe there are ideal combinations, depending on what you're playing, that you would want to set the NPCs up as. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure is why all of them have two DPS as an option, because if you're playing tank or healer, you need to be able oh, to yeah. identify two of the others. Oh, um, yeah. All of these are also uh, four-person. There are no... You know what? That's interesting. Because I could have sworn, unless it's just the trial. Let me actually pull up the uh, duty finder. I'm pretty sure there was more than four people. Nope, I'm wrong. Those are just the trials. Okay. So all of these dungeons so far have been limited to four people. Hmm. And then the trial is eight. But then that's no trust allowed. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's something that, like I said, if the queue's long, then... Uh, load it up but if you're not doing story then you're going probably going to want to do roulette for the bonus experience yeah so there's no reason to really queue up outside of story and story everybody's doing right now um, maybe once everybody's kind of gotten through the expansion and are working on the you know end game stuff it might die down and they might be more uh, worth having but i think where they would shine is really for new players starting out. So I really hope they expand it to apply to the others. I just... It, they would need to change some of how the system works because you basically have a set of NPCs that are at the entrance to the dungeon and those are the people that you're going to be able to take with you. And you don't have... I don't think in all of them. Maybe they are all there and I just haven't... I'd have to go back and look. Um, but I don't think there are, you know, four people with you at every dungeon you get to. Uh, four NPCs, I should say. So that you mm -hmm. had those to pick from. Um, so I don't, I don't know what they have planned. I don't know what they've said. But I hope they extend it. And I would like to see more trust stuff for just around the world, you know. For fates and stuff. That was what I really liked about Eleven's trust system. 
there were very few places you could not use them. You could take them just about anywhere. <laughs> so that really helped with just going through the game as a whole. Um, that said, it's also structured a, quite a bit different than 14 with quests and you know dungeons and trials and all that. So it's really hard to make the comparison uh, in, in other than a broad sense. Yeah. Um, the other big change was stats. And I'm kind of lumping this together with all the changes they made to the jobs as well because they're kind of related. Excuse me. Um, they, um, because when you take away or adjust stats like taking out strength, dexterity, etc. on for materia and, uh, taking away other things aside from like I mean your equipment still has dexterity vitality etc in my case but they've lessened the need for it and kind of mm. made it exclusive to equipment yeah um, but they've also rebalanced and by rebalanced I mean basically boosted damage on everything wow um, I'm sure you're familiar with the play guide uh, the uh, Final Fantasy 14 Play Guide, their website where they you can go in and see all the abilities for jobs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually pulled that up, and this is if you're an existing player and you want to know, okay, well, what change after you update? Pull up this play guide, and it they tell you. Uh, they have little this color coded by what's updated, what's new, and they also have a little thing you can hover on that says revisions, and it'll tell you specifically what changed. So if you're like, okay, well, how did this ability change? It's like, oh, okay, now I see. You know, so like my my basic level one attack for ninja or rogue at level one, um, it the potency was 150. It's now 200. So the very first attack gets a 50 potency increase, which in the grand scheme of things isn't a ton, but it's one of my most used abilities because it combos into everything else, you know. Right, so, right. Um, other things, 200, 250. Uh, 140 to 150, but, uh, you know, has other effects. Uh, 240 to 340, okay. 400 to 500. All right, now we're getting to bigger jumps by 100 or jumps by 80. And it... It's weird because it almost feels like nothing changed in a sense because I feel like they kept the balance very close to what it was before. So I don't feel like I'm doing a ton more or a ton less. I feel like, okay, this is about where I was before. Um, but I've also, you know, gained new abilities and I'm overall stronger, of course, as I level. I'm getting better combo things to use. Um, but... They also did take away a couple things and shifted things around, uh, which some are okay, some aren't. Uh, I it's kind of funny. A quick aside: I was going through the play guide, looking, you know, what changed, and I was going through the ninjutsu. Which, for those uh -huh. that don't know, to execute ninjutsu, you have to hit your uh, your mudra, uh, which are your ninja actions uh you know think naruto the hand uh gestures and 
those combo into the ninjutsu you can use. Well, there are a couple I really never used. Because there's, you know, one that you always want up to make you... Uh, it reduces your timers by 15%. So you always want that one up. But then the other one is like, okay, well, I have one attack. has a potency of 400, so I'm going to use that. And that's the only other ninjutsu I'm going to use. Other than maybe the AoE one, you know, if there's a group that I want to AoE. Um, mm-hmm. But there are like three or four others <laughs> that I have available. And I'm like, well, one of them is just an ice and has a bind, but bind's not super useful in a lot of cases. And, and it's probably uh, ineffective on bosses, so it's worthless in that sense. And it's yeah. not as potent as, uh, as uh, my, you know, thunder attack. So I'm just going to use the other attack. It's way stronger. Why would I bother? Which I still don't care about that one. But I was looking through and there's a water one. And I was like, okay, this is super weak. Let, let's take a look real quick. Okay, my my lightning attack has a potency of 400. The ice attack has a potency of 140, which is less than half, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, But it does get bind, which again, like I said, I don't really care about. And then there's the water one, which is 130 potency, which is 10 less than the worthless ice one. And then I read, oh, I can use trick attack after using this because it basically hides me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like, oh, well, this just completely changed the way I play the game. And this wasn't an update thing. This is something that was in the game before the update. And I just never read it because they never gave me, they never told me anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually nerfed the damage on that too. It was 180. They dropped it to 130. I think that's one of the only nerfs I've seen. Um, hmm. But the duration is doubled, which doesn't matter. It's 10 to 20 seconds. You're probably going to do it. Uh, immediately after. The only time the duration matters is if you're suddenly having to avoid a boss attack uh, that takes you out of range. But yeah, being able to trick attack has completely changed the way I play Ninja. Um, And it's made it really hard to gauge uh, you know how much the balance change impacted because I'm completely changing the way I play and do more damage automatically. So um, they did take away, uh, let me see if they actually give the name of it, because I always forget and get it wrong. It's like, uh, uh, not diversity, uh, duality, I want to say, mm-hmm. where it let you, basically any of my attacks, my uh, weapon skills that hit, it would do a second hit. So it's basically a double damage attack. Um and supposedly, uh, the level 80 ability they added kind of replaces it, but I'm not 80 yet, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. But taking that away was a little uh, uh, disappointing. And I totally just realized that three levels ago I got a new ability I haven't used, so that's the thing. <laughs> Man, it was... Uh, 
It's well, I mean, dude, come on, man. In your defense, you are kind of sort of trying to plow through a lot. You already have everything you've already done up to this point fed into you. Yeah. And now you're ingesting this new information and you don't, it's not like you're on your, you know, second year of, of getting all this. You're, mm. you're, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I meant to actually go back and look at my time to see how long it took me to get up to Shadowbringers, but. I was too busy playing the game, so... <laughs> yep, that's all that matters. I haven't done that yet. Um, but yeah, so the balance changes have been interesting, and uh, based on what I've seen people chatting about, you know, in the uh, FC and stuff, and just in general, it looks like overall there are some... There are a couple questionable ability changes, or I want to say barred had some changes that people aren't happy about, but I haven't really seen a lot of complaining because people are just too busy playing the new stuff right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be curious to go on the forums and actually read through some of the other changes and uh, people's thought on them as far as uh, ability stuff. But yeah, they they changed up a ton of stuff. So it's, it's not quite as bad as like, you know, relearning how to play a job, but it's like, okay, well, what does this change? Like the other... Really, the biggest annoyance for me as a ninja is they made uh, one of my attacks, Shadow Fang. It doesn't combo anymore into the third tier. It's a, it's a second tier ability still, but it doesn't combo. So it's like, well, okay. So I have to determine now, you know, when I want to reapply that, because it's the damage over time uh, debuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... And I have to remember just to hit the bright button. Because I had a pattern, you know? I had a set pattern to my attacks. Actually, it was a third tier. It was another third tier before. So I'd be like, okay, one, two, three, one, two, four, one, two, five. You know, I just cycle through my things one after another. And that timing worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, sometimes tap in another four attack. But now I'm having to use my weaker weapon skills more often, if that makes sense to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I miss out on a tier three every 20 seconds or however often I want to reapply the debuff. Um, so it's after grinding through, it's really hard to retrain my mm -hmm. fingers. I don't want to move my icons around to kind of adapt to it because that's just going to make it worse. <laughs> well, the hot bar, the hot bar suffers if you move things around. I can, I, I can speak to this a little bit. Uh, so whenever I, whenever I ran through mine as a Dragoon, that was my main, um, I love that class. I had such a great time with it. This is something that I'm, I'm so sure, uh, like World of Warcraft veterans or even maybe, maybe a long time, uh, actually you'd be able to answer, you'd be able to tell me if this was a thing or not back in, uh, Final Fantasy 11, but so I was in 14, roughly a month or two after initial launch of A Realm Reborn and played all mm -hmm. the way through that content. And I don't remember, I don't remember who it was that I, I, I don't know if it was an online video or it may have been somebody like in the game, just like kicking my shit in and being like, dude, you, your damage sucks. You need to get a rotation. I mean, it's, it's, it's like almost essential that you do because you're just kind of, you know, using your abilities and, you know, and I, I understood it. It made sense after I, 
sat down and thought about it and did the workout and go, yeah, there's like a sequence that I can do all this shit in. And that's that's <laughs> essentially a fucking rotation. And yeah. I use that rotation. I only change it up once or twice here or there. And we're, dude, we're talking about doing story content, doing side content, doing raids, uh, high-end raids, all that stuff. I only did very small changes, like maybe swap two icons around because Excuse me, because somebody was checking it out and, you know, gave clear, solid advice on what to do. And then um, the next the expansion came out and all that changed because Dragoon was the was the limelight of that expansion. And mm-hmm. you got new abilities uh, on top of all the the gear and all that stuff getting re getting changed around balancing all that stuff came around and i had to remake and re and relearn an entirely new rotation and this one was different i almost had like it was like it went up main ways through one i can hear i could just hear uh uh, dragoon fiends like just screaming right now like oh he's talking about rotation like ah, oh, mine's the best uh whatever but my the new rotation i had to learn kind of went up one path and depending on a situation or depending on maybe even uh points available i forget it could split in either two or even three ways i think and that's i mean that's essential for almost any DPS, damn near almost any class, I, I could see healers maybe not so much, but yeah, like you gotta when shit changes, when 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 abilities get balanced, when gear comes out with new stats and all this good stuff, you you have to learn new rotations. And bruh, I explore the controller, okay. <laughs> No, mm-hmm. I still I played a controller. I never moved to mouse and keyboard. And I guess for button pressing that may have made it easier, but especially on that second developed uh rotation. Oh yeah. We're talking press all the buttons and then press and hold two buttons to bring up a new wheel. Press all those, but oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. uh yeah. Was I, that a thing uh, I, back in 11? Did it? Did that ever come about in eleven? So, eleven had eleven was different than a lot of other MMOs because it had menu based stuff. You had macros you could set, but they were very, especially early on. It's, it's better now, but it was very basic. And the the macros were pretty limited. To where it's like, all right, this is my cure macro. You know, I target and hit the trigger and uh, make sure it's highlighted and uh, then execute it. It was very simple. Um, I, and I actually liked that because I had menus to go through and select. So it was a lot more uh, controller friendly. I did, I've used the controller in 14 a little bit, uh, mainly together while I was doing something else and needed my keyboard on a different input because <laughs> I got tired of switching back and forth or only using the mouse to do things. So I figured out how to use the uh, controller with it, which was very annoying finding that switch because I didn't realize the stupid character settings were different with the input. Um, 
anyway, so I I play 11 with a controller. I always have and I always will. Uh, 14, I, I would probably need to try, maybe when I level another job, um, not ninja, so I don't have to, you know, retrain myself, but maybe starting fresh on another job on a controller, I'll try that and see how I like it when it comes to combat. Because uh, I feel like I would like it more for the movement aspects because I like, you know, dual joystick movement. It feels a lot better than the uh, mouse and keyboard movement. Um, but the actual execution of abilities is where the question would be. And I think part of that will absolutely depend on the rotation. Um, but even gathering, um, it was like, okay, well, this is, you know, the ability to increase my chances. Then this is the one that increases HQ chance. And then this is the one I hit to guarantee my next hit, you know, because it's the fifth chain or whatever. So I only had like three buttons I really had to typically use. Yeah. Uh, unless I was using a different ability to like search for the level 50 nodes on my minder, uh, which have their own little thing. Um, but I, from the start, I've never really been a huge fan of 14 with a controller. Um, even from the beta days, mm. wasn't a huge fan. Well, I can tell you, and, and again, I'm only speaking from the majority of my experience being Dragoon, mm. uh, Lull Dragoon, I hear you all, I know. Uh, I was able to keep, and this is, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying what I know it's capable of. I was able to keep up with all my rotations proper. I had, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm sorry, I don't have the rotation in front of me. It's been years since I've played, so I can't regurgitate all this down to a number level. But I know the last rotation that I had had a couple moves in there that were like a quarter second specific. Like you had to do all these seven, eight, nine moves perfectly timed because if you didn't, you were going to miss one of the abilities because you was just it was just going to skirt by you. And mm -hmm. I got good with all that just fine on a controller i would say that the advantage could be that and again i don't know i'm speaking on my ass i haven't done it um so if i go to google right now and i hold the k button it's just gonna constantly throw k's out there i think that ability extends or that feature extends to final fantasy if not i guess you just have to keep pressing the button up and down but if it doesn't if you can just hold that fucking button down and your ability will pop then that obviously would be the advantage and my counter to that would be well hell just get a damn turbo controller i would think that would do the same thing all i know is i held my own with a controller just fine and i and i agree with you the same exact thing man i love dual stick movement in this game it's uh the controller and the system, like everything that they've done to accommodate 14 around a controller setup is is very nice. I mean, they have gone out of their way. They have definitely made some quality of life improvements that have added to the controller setup. So I'd say they're both there for you. Which do you prefer, mouse yeah. and keyboard or controller? You, you're, if you, Whatever your preference is, you got it covered. So I'll play around with that a little bit more. Um, let's see. Man, I just looked over at the recording 
This has flown by. <laughs> 245 already? Jeez. Um, yep. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of the notes, some other things. Uh, oh, yeah. The leveling the quest level sync where the quest synced down to you. It was a little odd because pretty much every quest shows that it's syncing down. I'm assuming they are the way to quest to sync down. But they all say they sync down to 70, which when seeing that, it's like, well, I don't want level 70 experience for all these. You know, I want in between experience. (laughs) I want level 75 experience when level 75. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, So they, the experience you get syncs to you. So at first is, you know, 200 and whatever thousand. Mm-hmm. Right now, these quests are giving me 330,000 and it goes up when I level. So it seems to be uh, properly done. I've really been trying to skip as many quests as possible uh, in the new areas so that I can use them when I level Dancer, uh, if that's what I level next. I want to have those available to me. Um, but the ones I've done, yeah, it has been a big help with being synced. I didn't have to worry about, you know, what zone am I in? Uh, if it's a synced quest, it should be... Uh, I'm trying to look and actually see if I... I only have quests in one zone right now. So I can't <laughs> look and see how they compare between zones. Uh, but I believe the experience was the same between zones as well so there's no they are truly synced in that case which is good you know you don't have to worry about out leveling your quest and then uh you know not wanting to complete them because they don't give you as much as the ones in the zone you're in but then there's reasons to do the other ones you know like the ether currents and stuff like that so yeah i mean as far as i can tell well done Uh, another great quality of life change yep which we've highlighted that before, they're great at, man. They will hit you with stuff that you're asking for, and they'll hit you with stuff you didn't even know you needed until they do it. They're really good about that. The This is another comparison to World of Warcraft. I'm sorry, uh, but I just don't know because I haven't played it, but the live letter shit that they do in 14, because they highlight a lot of those things, in addition to the patch notes. I mean, that's awesome. You'll see mm-hmm. something in that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we heard a lot of people complaining about machinists, blah, 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 blah. So we got this change coming in and people will lose their shit. It's like, wow, awesome. Yeah. The uh, Speaking of quality of life, the new crafting screen, I talked about how they changed that to where it shows you how much you'll go up when you... Uh, uh, either increase quality or increase progress. Mm-hmm. And it changes depending on your buffs, depending on your equipment, all this on the fly. If you get a buff like the uh, inner quiet buff, which all the crafting classes have, every time your quality increases, your how much you can increase your quality goes up. And nice. so you can watch it tick up, tick up. So there's nice. no more guessing. Oh, you can tell wow. exactly how much it's going up. Same thing for progress. It's like, okay. 100% progress is going to get me 54 points. I need 55 to uh, to complete the progress on this, so I need to use the thing that gives me over 100%. 
or two hundred percent things, you know. Um, so I and, and it, that that's such good mental food for your fucking crafting brain too, just to see yes. a meter go up that's directly influencing your crafting. I mean, just mm-hmm. a just a gameplay mechanic that's good to see. And that same screen where you uh, have your little bars while you're crafting, you can hit this little arrow in the middle and it'll expand down to show you larger instances of all your buffs you have active. Wow. So instead of having to look down by your name or look up by your name, depending where your UI's laid out, <laughs> mine's been adjusted. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, real tangent, uh, real quick. I was watching uh, a couple people play 14 and I was like, Hey, their UI is different. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this and move this over here. Hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Yep. Like, I don't quite like this that they did, but it's got the right idea. So let me add on to that. I love mm-hmm. the UI changes. And yes. I'm still evolving over time to what I where I want things. Um, yeah, I, that will happen. <laughs> I have all but one bar on my screen right now. <laughs> wow. So Chrissy. It got so bad that because I had I was playing six total characters that every time mm-hmm. I would adjust and and maneuver all of my screens, I would have to pull the screen up, pull the overlay up, screenshot it and save it, and then cascade all those <laughs> down to the other characters. And you know what? There's a couple times where I was doing that save my ass. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember if it was a hard drive blue or my profile got fucked up or what, but when you lose your AI setting and you cannot recover it and you have to do it from scratch, oh my god. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure files are much safer than they were back in the day and it could have been just completely subjective, but I remember logging on and then having my UI was all the way back to square fucking one. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, wait. There's there's a completely new screen. I, I completely forgot they added the uh, fates. <laughs> They're, uh, they, I don't ah, quite know. Fates. Yeah, I don't quite know what this So they added to fates a new currency called gemstones. And this is only in the new zones, of course. Mm-hmm. But I've only looked at one of the NPC stuff, and it was didn't seem interesting. But I also don't have a high-level crafter, which it seemed like the one I was at was geared towards. I was like, okay, well, let me see if they have equipment. They had none. So I need to go through the other you know, major cities in the expansion and see what all they have to offer. But there's a thing that shows you how many of the fates you've completed in a zone, uh, mm-hmm. unique fates. I don't know if it's all of them or if only certain ones count. Don't know. That's a whole basic mechanic I haven't started touching yet. Wow. Um, nice. So, I mean, I only do fates when I uh, need to level, and that's mm-hmm. only as few as I need as possible. <laughs> yeah, I was a. Uh, um, I was big in the hunt scene back in the day. I had all kind of macros set up and all kind of shit like that. I was always yeah. a I was always a helpful hunter. Like I had multiple link shells or uh are they link shells? Shit. Yes. Wow. I had multiple link shells that were solely for hunting. When I found a monster that I was hunting, I would shout it in the zone. I'd I'd have a macro that shouted it 
set it in the party and put it to all my link shells. Like, I, yeah, I, that was the thing. Yeah, back I haven't in even touched hunts. <laughs> yeah, well, back in the day, I don't know what they're like now. I don't know how much how prominent they are or how like helpful they are, so to speak. But back mm-hmm. in the day, that was like a a, a decent, a, a fairly good alternative, a, a non boring alternative to whatever else you use the hunt stuff for. So I sure. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, there's so many systems I haven't even touched. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched any of the Alliance stuff, which I don't even know what it is, but uh, your wife actually has mentioned a couple times, hey, you might want to go do some of this. And I'm like, I, I will. <laughs> I will. I just, story. Yep. Story. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, was there something else I was saying before that tangent? Uh Oh, crafting. Oh, yeah, before the UI. Um, yeah, so it's a bigger uh, thing, bigger icons, and it has, like, the name and stuff on the crafting uh, screen. So it's, yeah, overall another quality of life thing. So you can clearly see everything, see the little numbers for how long, how many more turns, or uh, uh, whatever they're called, uh, steps, how many more steps your thing will last. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, I still don't know how the all the pet changes work and impact classes. I will say that the companion is unaffected by these pet changes completely. Mm. There are zero changes to the companion that I've seen. So um, that's good. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully the pet classes or jobs don't aren't negatively impacted i haven't seen anyone complain about any of the things so don't know but hopefully it's okay um the i noticed that the challenges they changed uh a couple of them uh one was uh get the highest possible rating, which basically just complete the fate in five different regions. Mm-hmm. That is now just complete five fates with the highest rating. So you don't have to go from zone to zone any longer, which is great. Uh, the other one was complete 10 unique fates, which still had you going zone to zone a little bit, but not as bad. You know, there's four five in one region, depending on the size of it. So, you can kind of go through a couple regions to get that one. Yeah. Um, but they've just made that complete 10. So now the challenges are 5 and 10 fates, and you're done. So that is good. <laughs> uh, makes it a lot easier to do. And I completed the 5 one without even realizing it because I didn't know that change was in place until yesterday because I don't normally do fates. But I was running around one zone doing them over and over to try to get that last bit of experience I needed. And so it's like, hey, you completed the challenge. I was like, I did? Okay. And I actually went and read it and saw these changes. So, yep. Lots of uh, lots of quality of life changes. And there's so much more I haven't even touched, you know, because of playing. Uh, the lack of TP, like I mentioned, I don't care, hasn't impacted me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, it just made it easier. But I didn't struggle with TP before. 
Yeah. Um, it is weird seeing my ninja have 10,000 MP, though, <laughs> when I use zero MP. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, you know. It would be I, nice if they hid the MP bar and just made your HP bar bigger yeah. or something like that <laughs> to compensate. Um, but whatever. It, it's just it's more amusing than anything. It has zero impact on the game. For me. I remember when... Uh, our class, like other DPS classes and other classes, period, uh, like Dragoon, tipped over 10,000 because that was like the t- breaking the 10k HP was like a tank thing. Uh, there was, there used to be like a, a thing between uh, paladins and, and uh, warriors who had the most HP, and yada, 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 and like what it takes to break over the 10k, and then months and months and, and an expansion or whatever later, and then all mm-hmm. the DPS. It was just felt weird. Now, didn't really mean shit because again at this point if we had 10,000 HP tanks still had like you know 17, 18, 19,000 but <laughs> it was yeah, always so. weird just to start seeing these large numbers and I'm like wow <laughs> this, this is so, what, it's going up for the audience just to see how much things have changed with all the expansions and especially this one um, there have routinely been jumps where I was like wow I suddenly have a lot of hit points you know because all of a sudden I got you know 200 more points in, you know, a scale or whatever that are vitality that just jumped me up. My max HP right now, 63,951. Wow. It's it's kind of funny because it doesn't matter. Things are balanced to where whether I'm doing something sync down to 20 or I'm doing something at 70, it feels the same because it's kind of the damage I'm taking is still, if you look at a percentage amount, it's still roughly the same. Yeah. So it, it, the game is so well balanced that it kind of blows my mind at times thinking about this. Like, I didn't notice I had 63,000 hit points because it's the game has felt the same as when I had 20,000. It really only matters if I'm doing, you know, low, lower level content, uh, especially solo or something, you know. Mm. Um, at my, at doing current level content it feels the same so it's very well scaled out um i think the other big change i say big um use that term loosely was the limit break change because they tweaked the way it uh it filled up and it yeah. seems slower. People talking but about I this, like Limit Break was going to change somehow, but yeah, I didn't yeah, follow the details. The, basically, everything that increased the gauge went down. Mm. But because all of our damage went up, it seems to have compensated very well. Again, great balancing. It feels just as fast. I don't. I haven't seen an instance where I went, man, if only we had the, you know, pre-Shadowbringers rate of limit we'd be beating this boss it's like okay well we here's our limit we can use it (laughs) (laughs) it's available when we need it Uh, you know as long as we don't be stupid with it like the guy that was in a dungeon yesterday spamming it on normal enemies but you know you know who you are uh, i i held it in it was a long dungeon but i uh, yeah (laughs) thankfully it's just a roulette so it didn't matter but yeah Anyway, but yeah, that that seems to have been a non-factor essentially. They just they're making these changes smartly and good for them. 
It's good to see. It's always scary when a MMO goes through sweeping changes like this. Mm -hmm. So it is very, very good to see a organization taking the time to do it right and to put this much effort into making sure it stays balanced. And yeah, they've nailed it as far as I can tell. I think I've ranted enough about 14. <laughs> I think that's all the big stuff. I'll yeah. have next week, I'll have the uh, story done. I hope. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, uh, the, the level requirements seem to get scary at the last couple of levels because it keeps jumping. And of course, the experience you get jumps, but there's only so many challenges and dailies to do. Yep. At the end of the day, again, expansion's out. You're finally in it. You're playing it, and you're enjoying it. That's mm-hmm. that's the great thing. What I what I'm interested to know from, I mean, from your perspective, is that now that you have went through all this stuff, what you're doing now, do you feel like what you've been doing as far as all the content, and all that? Do you feel like it's all been paying off for you? As far uh, yeah. as as far as the story content, you've been able to keep track with everything. Like all the little breadcrumbs are laying out there, you're at least getting a lot of story payoff. Yeah, I, I would say my biggest struggle at times is keeping up with the names, um, but yeah. because they're written everywhere, it's a lot a little easier to. Uh, <clears throat> oh my god! Yeah, it was the um, same with me, man. About halfway through the first expansion, I was kind of starting to lose the thread because a lot of names, a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's 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 all it's it's also good though, because they're giving you a lot of shit. And as you mm-hmm. said, as that you have uh, attested to as well, that shit gets better. Like this story gets better yeah. over time. They just get better at better at storytelling, and I mean voice acting, all that stuff. And that's that's so good. Of of course, this is from Final Fantasy. <laughs> you know, this is from that <laughs> yeah. team. It fucking better be. Yeah. It's, and yeah, Shadowbringers uh, is quickly. Uh, if it continues, it may take the mantle of you know the best uh, expansion. Nice. So. Well, I'd say that that's, I guess that's it for your week. (laughs) Yeah. And as such, as we are now cresting over the three-hour mark, I'd say that's a good enough place to end tonight's episode. Uh, So what about you, audience? Let's, 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 Let's focus towards you in the MMORPG area. How are you in this area? Do you like RPGs at all? If you do, have you thought about MMORPGs? Have you have you played any? I mean, I really want to hear from those that haven't. Like, if you're that person that, yeah, I've seen World of Warcraft stuff. Yeah, I've seen 14 stuff. I just don't know. Yada. Like, tell us what your hesitations are. Because there is a wealth of content there for you. And if your hesitation is, I don't want to focus on one thing, I completely sympathize. But if it's 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 too much, it seems like it may be too 
rough to get into. I can tell you definitely from 14's perspective, don't be. There is a generous amount of early game content and all that content eases you through everything you're looking for, be it main story, be it your your job, be it how to just function in the world. Like it it's it it seems daunting. It will seem daunting. But the game itself, once you actually start playing it and going through its motions that it's set for you, you'll find out now. It just takes time. You'll get there. Um yeah, any MMORPG talk that you folks have at all. If not, fine. What you, what have you been playing this week? Uh, have you did you see the new Spider Man movie? Are you interested in Marvel Cinematic Universe post Endgame? Are you interested in where it's going? Do you think this was a step in the positive direction? Like, what are you looking forward to? Um, anything gaming, movie, anime, comic, whatever you want to talk to us about. We love to hear from our audience. We love to. Uh, have conversations with you and talk about gaming stuff that's on your mind especially and there are many ways that you can get a hold of us uh you can go to facebook and search for in a time cast it should be uh hope hopefully it'll take you right to our page you can post on our page send us a message and i mean it may be found how you found this episode right here we have an email address. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. Uh, you can tweet us. You can retweet us. You can go to YouTube and search for our entire library of episodes that are converted to video and uploaded to YouTube. You can uh, listen to them there. You can leave comments. Uh, at this point, you should be able to go to Google and in quotes type in end of time cast and hopefully it'll take you to one of our many upload sites, which also offer many more ways for you to listen or download or comment and talk to us. So, yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. And until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Good night, everybody.